Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard, and get ready for an hour nothing of nothing but NRL tour. And it's finally that time. It is finals time. I'm a little bit depressed that the eight games are done. Uh, I don't know quite know what I'm going to do with myself. I'm going to have a little bit more free time, but uh, still very, very excited about the final series. How about yourself, Boxhead? 100%. Um, I'm not not disappointed we don't have to go through eight games every week. Um, but, you know, we get down to the quality now. That's what I'm all about. I'm all about quality. I want to hear that. I, I absolutely, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. No no bulk watching, Super Saturday, the 20s, the cut, the Sunday. Mate, NFL, NFL. Yeah, but it's on, the, it's on the wrong day of the week. Uh, you just watch replays, that's what I do. Nah, I like live. live. I like live, especially... No, you just lock yourself in a cocoon. Nah, you it, just it's don't hard. check your phone, and I know people can't go without their phones. Social media, so no, it's not that. It's the fact that generally I bet on. I just turn my phone off, mate. Uh, on Mondays, my phone goes off. If anyone uh, tells me scores at school, I'll punch them in the throat. So, mate, um, it, it just it gets me through. That gets me through Monday. Uh, obviously, binge watch Monday, binge watch Tuesday, probably binge watch Wednesday as well. So, freeze up the weekends. People can. Start binge watching some TV shows. If people haven't seen Breaking Bad or something like that, The Sopranos. We're both big Sopranos fans. Yeah, that can, that, that can take up a few months of your, your of your off season. Yeah, I want football though. You just got to be smart about the way you do it, mate. That's all. I want football. I want it all the time, always. Yeah, I'm with you. I think we're going to get. I don't know whether Fox is going to televise the England versus New Zealand tour, but that'll be good to get a game. It bloody should. Um, once a week until hopefully the end of or it would have to be the end of November I suppose well someone buddy someone better put those games on I want to see them I want to I've watched a lot of the yeah, Super League I know uh, the last time it happened they didn't televise them so just a heads up that's ridiculous last time, so. well there was 14 players named today from uh, you know the Kiwis there was a couple of rookies in there got deserved spots in particular uh, Tui Malalola he had a fantastic season played some fullback played the halves centre winger uh, double figures in tries. I, I thought he really deserved the train-on spot, so um, good to see him and a, a couple others. There was a couple of Panthers. Tim Simona was amongst it, Foran, Hiku, etc. But obviously, uh, there's a fair contingent playing in the finals, especially in the Roosters team. Um, there's a couple yeah. in there, so... Oh, get... It's not going to hurt them. Nah, it's well, good. it's good to get the experience in camp. But um, yeah, they get so. 23-man squad. I think they've named 14 for the time being. There'll be plenty more uh, obviously, they're going to have to look at and assess after the final series, but um, yeah, I hope they do televise those games. Well, the but... other the other thing is, is that uh, the Super League they they actually they're actually not having a final series per se. They're having what they call a Super Eight. So 
there's still plenty of Super League on if you've got Fox or IQ, so record that there. I think they're two or three games away from splitting to the final four um, and then into the grand final. And they're, they've also broken it down into a bottom tier. They've got the four bottom teams from Division One coming up, playing against the four lower teams from Super League. And there's going to be a million-pound game for the team that finishes... Well, it's going to be between the teams that are fourth and fifth uh, in that lower tier to see if anyone gets promoted or relegated from the Super League. So... Uh, I suggest if you haven't followed the Super League this year, it's a good time to jump on uh, because it's yeah it's starting to heat up and it's it's quite interesting. It's good to watch some of those lower teams um, run around. There's some blokes from uh, that we know locally that were playing uh, even A grade here that are sort of playing. Mitch Carlin's playing for Halifax. And, yeah, so there's, uh, there's a few other guys over there. So Adam Tangata, he was at Canberra. There was a couple of boys that saw on TV playing for a few of those sides like Lee and all that. Yeah. So. So, uh, yeah, if you want, if you're really footied out, set your IQ um, and record some of those games. Uh, they're, they're worthwhile watching. Mm. Well, starting off as we usually do, the Fast Five, highlight, low light, best, worst. Any questions? What was your highlight? Uh, just the fact we're at the finals. I'm, I've got to be honest, the eight games wears a little bit on me. I struggle to watch all of them. And I'm not footied out, but I am a bit footied out because I have to obviously get around and training four days a week and watching footy Saturday, Sunday most uh, weekends so I'm glad we're down to the quality stuff and I'll definitely make sure I can um, not, not to say that I don't watch every game every weekend because I do but I just struggle at times some of them I have to watch um, on replay and things like that and plus the weather's starting to heat up I love it I hate the so summer I'm a winner yeah, boy well, you got to Nah, winter is the worst. No, nah, it's not. It's easy to deal with. Everyone whinges, but summertime, nah. there's only one way to avoid the heat, and that's to stay inside in the duct nah. air. Lay on the tiles. Get outside, the grass is green. Yeah, and get absolutely fried. Beer drinking weather, the best. That's about the only good thing about it. I still drink in the aircon, not outside. Yeah. Don't like summer. My highlight uh, was Sam Moa and Dylan Arpa just deciding to take turns at beating the crap out of Glenn Stewart. Um, some of the shots, some of the shots they put on him were absolutely outstanding. And then Matt shot on Gallon. That was brilliant. He smoked him. Yeah. What about old Gus went after Gallon yesterday? Oh, there's some beef. <laughs> there's a bit of beef there. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, I think wow. the origin comments and all the rest of it, and he had a little bit to say back and blah blah blah. But you know, that's football egos. Yeah, well, you know what? I tend to agree with Gus. Like after watching the game. Well, I mean, we've said it for ages, haven't we, that he sort of had these stats and well, had these stats, but nah, he, he, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think he has a numerical value in his head. He just wants to be highly involved. That, so I yeah. think he needs a coach to sort and of say... We've said this before. It was, easy, it was easy to see if you watch the game in detail, like we usually do, when Carney was there. He's a $700,000 half. They'd set up like a long side. They'd have like a play ready for, you know, play four. And then Gallon overcalls him on a short side and takes the footy and Carney's blowing up and like people would miss that. But uh, you know, you're working to something in a set. You your lock or a bloke that basically plays tight like a front rower, he shouldn't be sharking your seven hundred thousand dollar halfback who's trying to run a play. And that's the reason they lost on the weekend. Um, just taking hit ups in, in positions and that that just shows why they probably won't go any further because they're halves. Like Robson's steady, but he's not a game winner, and Jack Bird's a running six who's basically more of a back rower or a centre, so if you put Maloney and Towns in there this year, I'd think they were a threat, 100%. But without those two, they're next year. Um, this year's a bit of a write-off, I think, unless they can make it 
severely ugly. They had enough ball to win three games the other day against Manly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but um, yeah, Friday, I don't know, like, Friday disappointed me, but I like I like the fact that the Roosters got in the south and hammered them or whatever, but I just I wanted to see a game. Like, even the night before, I think Melbourne, they really did a number on Brisbane. Like, I, I know the scoreline probably didn't reflect it, but I never really felt like Brisbane were going to win that game. No, but you know the but, difference? It's Melbourne, and I've said it the other way, and it, it sounds silly, but honestly, the way they're going to win this comp, if they will, is defensively. They're doing Strangle. a... Yeah, they're strangling. When they are on, like, that Sharks game and they do a number on a team, and, yeah, it's probably not conducive uh, to the most exciting football, but they know their strength. Their strength is not so much their attack this year. They've lost a little bit without Billy. Munster's doing a fantastic well, I job. Think it, I think it now will be. I, 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 uh, Craig Bellamy is a master at getting teams up for finals games. Like I, I mentioned it last week. They've had a few hiccups the last few years, but um, himself and, and Wayne Bennett... I think a leaps and uh, bounds ahead. Trent Robinson also, he's sort of moving into that. Uh, he's that fantastic. Sort of there, I, I guess, along with Hasler, but uh, the two for me, Bellamy and Bennett, uh, they're chips off the old block, and uh, I, I think they're the two sides for me that, um, obviously, the Roosters are going outstanding, um, and then you could probably throw in the Cowboys. Yeah, like the Cowboys were my side this year, but I'm wavering. I'm wavering on them. Uh, well, I had the Roosters. I, I really can't see. Put it this way: I can't see anyone from the bottom four winning. No, none of those teams has showed me enough this year to say that one of one of them can win four games in a row and win the comp. Absolutely no hope in the world. So, yeah, but I thought that about the, the Bulldogs. To me, and if if I if I had to rank them, I'd I'd probably have it'd be Roosters, Brisbane, um, Storm, Cowboys. But you know, I'm a firm believer, and I I honestly think. Melbourne will knock the Roosters off on Friday night so um, I'm happy to go out on a limb and say that uh, I think the Roosters I just think history tells you that uh, you can't really sustain a long run, I think they're going to need a loss um, I don't think a week off and a soft win this Friday is going to do the Roosters any favours but they may well go through and, and win it um, You know, on, on a winning streak but I just looking, looking at them and watching them and um, I just think they need a kick in the backside, I think, at this this end of the year. They've had a few soft wins the last few weeks. Yeah, well, we'll touch on the finals games more after we get through this. We're off track there, but what was your low light? Oh, the melee between the Panthers and the Knights. It almost went over into the cheer girls on the sideline. There was players running in and giving facials and elbows. It's just the last 20 minutes of that game got out of hand. The referees needed to step in and just put someone in the bin or... Um, they needed to take control. It was, it was embarrassing. It was an embarrassing look for the game. Uh, and I, I didn't enjoy it at all. Yeah, those two have got nothing to lose. Someone should have just thrown one. Well, yeah, but I mean, the fact that they... Like, Mamo ran from one side of the field to the other just to grab... Yeah, I know. And he knows and... he's not going to get punched, so that's what I'm saying. If you're in a yeah. game like that, I would have let one fly. What I, what I did like was one of my uh, one of our 20s boys, or one of the boys I would have been involved with, Sione Katawa. I think Dane Gagai thought he, he'd grab the young fella and um, take him for a ride, and Sione flipped him onto his back and, and give him what for. So I, I didn't mind that, Sione. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he listens to the show. They're not, we're not hip and cool enough for those boys to be listening, but... Uh, Look, I, I liked it. Gagai picked him out, thought he'd be a weakling. Last game of the year, if all he gets 10, 10 minutes, if Mamo runs over, I throw one. Yeah, 
I'd punch him in the face. I thought about that. I thought, imagine if Sione put one on his chin. What a, what a first grade to do that would have been. Yeah, hundred percent. Just before you go on Mad Monday, what are you worried about? Just yeah. cop ten. Just chin him. Well, just look. In all seriousness, it was a it was a disgraceful look, and I mean they went within millimeters of yeah, the little girls you know, falling into, crushing, hurting. Like it wouldn't have obviously killed or seriously injured one of those girls, but it would have it could have hurt them. Um, and I think there would have there's a, there's a degree of damage done anyway because like seeing that like those six six year old girls, I think um, you know the massive pack of men. Angry and raging, charging towards you. Um, I think it would have spooked the crap out of them. So, uh, and I heard questions raised about whether they should be inside the fence. Like that's ridiculous. That the melee shouldn't happen to start with. Like if you're going to have a, a blue, have a blue. But don't all this running in and everyone yeah. runs in. I'm sick of it. They form a ruck. It's, AF, it's AFL. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Rubbish. That's what I'm saying. Just throw one. If you're going to let fish fly, both cop ten, take the walk. Oh, don't do it at all. But the thing is, they what, can, at, uh, the difference is... At Ring Rose Park on Sunday, there was a... Uh, they yeah. didn't hold back, the boys. No, and I saw, and I saw the under-20s the other week. Curtis Scott, who just signed with Melbourne, which I'm pretty happy about, wasn't happy about something a Newcastle bloke did. He stood up and just gave him five in the face. I was like, well, instead of creating a little handbag at ten paces, he unleashed his frustration. And Yeah, look, um, I don't condone that either, but, you know... It, it's, I'm with you about the one punch and all the rest of it. That's all well and good. But like you said, these, these fracas and oh, these melees... Like you can have a blue, let them have a blue, yeah. But it, it, it just goes for the whole game, and it does kill it. And you see penalties and niggly little crap. Sometimes it's just going to take someone to bop someone. Well, and then Kirk Hidley, Kirk Hidley wanders over and starts crying to the referee that, oh, mate, you've given too many penalties. Well, That's why, though. They drag he's given, out. He's given the penalties because they're warranted. It was just ridiculous. It annoyed me. Yeah, but that's the reason why people like Mamo and we keep talking about it and halfbacks and this can come into these melees because there's no consequence for going to that's right. pick on a front rower or someone they usually wouldn't because they can't react to it. So these blokes come in and t- do handbags at 10 paces. In a game like that, that's what I'm getting at. It. As wrong as it probably sounds and as Neanderthal as it sounds, I would have cracked Mamo or anyone that come near me. I just would have started throwing mm. them. Um, <laughs> that's Mad Monday. Yeah. I would have just got, gone on Mad Monday with a black eye and some... Broken knuckles and they said it doesn't matter. I'll worry about it. In you six... would have said, "Smell this, McMamo." Yeah, Ugh. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll worry about this in six months when it's back in season time, and I've got a week or two on the in the sidelines. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Uh, my low light, quick and simple. End of the eight games and the season drawing to a close. Uh, love me football. Simple as that. Uh, who is your best player or team? Oh, we got to go to the Roosters, don't you? The Roosters are great. I think Melbourne was great. Uh, I thought the Cowboys for 60 minutes were great. Uh, I thought the Titans were going to upset them. Yeah, I'm still scratchy on them. I honestly don't feel that scoreline reflects that game. they got a team going on Mad Monday. Yeah, they racked up a bit of a score at the end, but the 42 doesn't sum up that game. The Titans are a lot better. Uh, on, and on the Penny Panthers. We avoided the spoon, but... Low yeah. game, though. Very low game. Believe, I can't believe it. Like, how close it is is that Penrith, Penrith were actually like in a battle for last, and they, they ended up finishing 11th. Oh, if they lose, they finish 16th. They win, they finish 11th. Well, that's how close that bottom section of the table is. Yeah, well, Canberra, Canberra winning pushed Parramatta under them as well. I saw a few people on Twitter happy that they beat Parra, but uh, to be honest, I wouldn't I wouldn't take too much out of that in finishing 10th or 11th. Like, you missed the finals. It was a hard year, but if you... No, no, no. But I think, I think where they actually sit reflects the season they had. I don't, I don't think they're as bad as the Tigers or the Knights or anyone like that. No. Nah. Please, leave me alone. 
Uh, my best was the Roosters as well, quite simply. Yeah, they switched off in the second half, but that was pure dominance. Uh, they eased off. Souths were never coming after him. Um, yeah, there's, there's not much to read into that. There wasn't any other real standout performance for me. That that Cowboys won. That scoreline doesn't reflect the game. Titan season was done. They've actually shut down for the last 20. So, uh, And the other one was probably the Storm defensively. That, that was a highlight for me. But my worst was Souths and the Sharks. Sharks blew that opportunity, like I said, to finish fourth. Um, they had enough board to win three or four games. And again, I just sat there and kept saying in my head, if Maloney and Townsend were there right now, this game would have been done with. Um, and with Holmes at the back, no offence to Gordon, but I just thought about the aspects of next year, probably Bird in the centres, Holmes at the back, Innes playing the way he is, uh, Wade Graham, Lincoln with Maloney, Townsend, Lewis playing outstanding this year, double figures in tries. I just, it's really exciting and put the Fafita brothers back in there. But, yeah, this year with those pair of halves, they're not threatening. They're going to really need to make it super ugly to have any chance of winning a game. Yeah, I had South. Yeah, they were horrible. Their spirit, their spirit at the moment is... And they've quit. non-existent. They don't, they don't have much of a spirit, do they? They just look soulless and carefree. It's, yeah. And I've heard today a I few people... I just don't like the sign. I heard Billy Slater last night. He knows it. He said there's something going on in South. Yeah, 100%. Like, yeah. Uh, and for a player to say that, and it was just refreshing to hear him be honest. And Players know. Uh, it's as plain as a nose on your face that there's, there's something wrong there. Yeah. There's something in this. So... Uh, whether it's Isaac, Luke, and and Madge, or you know, uh, we were both sort of a bit iffy on his shoulder charge last week, and the fact that it was that was point. a message. Uh, there's just a lot going on there. The other one, um, probably, I read this afternoon that Toddy Carney's he's headed back to um, he's headed back to Australia, or he's trying to because he slept with one of his teammates' partners. That's so, just that's Justin Carney. Was it Justin Carney? Yeah, not Todd Carney. My bad. Yeah, that's... Sorry, I did know that, actually. They, they mentioned it on the... Yeah, the muscle, muscle yeah. shark. He used to be at Canberra. Yeah, then he went to the... That's not, that's, that's not very good. Nah, that's, then he went to the Roosters. That's not what you need. And then since he's been over there, he scored something ridiculous, like 62 tries in 50 games, signed a huge five-year deal with Castleford, was going to declare for England they were going to pick him. And then he got stood down a couple of weeks ago, and no one knew why, and then... The rumour surfaced two weeks later that someone uh, over there, and it's not a Pommy either, it's another Australian, so it probably would have been someone he was close with. So he's knocking another Aussie teammate's missus who's now, I think, supposed to be having a kid or something. That's as far as I heard. That's pretty... Wow. Yeah. yeah. That was the allegation. I don't know if that's sure, but some of the... And obviously the other one, the talking point is Bo Ryan. Not, not good form, Bo, but... No. Nah. Do I think it should be played out in the public forum? Hell No. But what do you think's going to no, happen, though? The, the way the world works the these saddest, days. Well, yeah, the saddest part of it is he's, he's poor old wife and he's got a two-year-old daughter, so... Yeah. Not your smartest move, though. No, and the other thing you've got to take on the flip of it, um, should he be fired or all this... I'm, I'm not going to no. buy... No, I'm not going to buy any of that, but I'm going to... Well, look at the... Um, look at... Well, the, the track record or the, the last case of it was Matty Johns, and he got the punt. And that, that was second time round. They'd already gone through that story. He got ran to the dirt again. Um... I was could believe it, but I'm, I'm going to throw it out there this way. If I'm Channel 9 from a business perspective, I'll guarantee you the ratings or the perspective of him is going to change now. So it wouldn't surprise me if he did make it back how long he lasts. Do you reckon it will that, like, do you reckon it will that much? I reckon 100%. Bo knows and this and that my, and the charity uh, my, and all, look, you know. My, uh, I've got to be honest, my, my perception of him really hasn't changed. Oh, I'm, I'm, it, mine doesn't change that much in general as far as what he does in the footy show, but you've got to think 
I don't watch a footy show. They, yeah, yeah, but they win, and I've spoke to a few people about this because I want to understand the TV ratings. They win that youth market mostly. They, the you know younger age groups, teenagers up to twenty five, and some mums. Well, he's going to lose the female. Well, that's what I mean. So a, a big bulk of who actually watches the football show because it's probably a little more entertaining is that teenage to 25 bracket and girls and bits and pieces. So any one of them in particular um, that are probably interested in young kids that look up to him, uh, that a big part of their market, their TV market, which makes them so successful, is probably not going to be of the same opinion, unfortunately, from this incident. Yeah, I know the the few women I sit around at work were talking about it today and their perception of him and opinion of him has definitely changed. So, Yeah. Yeah. Bit hard, as, um, as you said, they don't really have a loyalty in terms of football. They have a loyalty in terms of personality. And, yeah, and that's what this bracket that watches that show because it's basically not even about football for the most part. But they own they own the demographic of uh, young males and females for, uh, in between teenage years, like twelve upwards to twenty five and etc. So a lot of that market that's very interested, I'm sure, will have a different opinion um, now. Yeah. And a lot of the older females, which is another big market they do get. So um, that's probably going to be a shot in the guts. Will that end him? Long term, it might do. It might seem off the show because people might boycott it and say, well, now that he's there after this, I may or may not. But um, I'll take his job if they want. I'm in. Get me in. You go on the footy show. Mate, if That's it, when I'd disown you as a brother if you did that. Yeah, and when Dave Gingell gives me a contract, uh, happy days. Done That'll dusting. be the end of you. Yeah, good. Good. All right. Questions, you got anything? No, I'll leave them for the fan forum. Yeah, well, there's not too much happening with that because we posted up pretty late. Um, well, ask me some questions, brother. Ask Brock. Let's go. I've got a couple, but you've basically already answered all of them, but I'm still going to go through them. You think basically fifth through eighth, everyone has no hope? No, no hope. Well, I'm still going to throw it out there. You're not going to agree, but we don't need to go too uh, far. Don't, don't do it. No, I am. Don't and do it. I have reasoning. Don't do it. Yeah, I have reasoning to... They did the exact no. same thing last year. They limped in. No. They lost four. They lost no. four of their last five, the Bulldogs, and they made the grand final. No. So I'm not saying they're going to make the grand final, yeah. but they've and won. They've got their butts in at all. Everyone won. fell over last year. They won. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You, you get there, you make your own luck. You've got to be there. They were there. They got to the GF. They dusted Melbourne. No. Uh, they beat Manly. They beat Penrith. They got to the GF. So. That was from seventh yeah. and after they beat losing. Penrith reserve grade side. Yeah, well, Penrith reserve grade. Penrith reserve grade side beat the Roosters, so you can only play what's in front of you. Uh, but yeah. I'm just saying they've got. I reckon they got a better side. Um, I'm not as big on them with Reynolds in there, obviously, but the fact they finished fifth and they get the Dragons, I think they definitely get out of week one. They've won five games on the run in. I think they're in a better spot than last year, but they're the only you don't side. Reckon the Dragons have any chance of beating them? No. Not with Gareth. Not with Gareth Whittle. I don't think think they will. Gareth Whittle. They're they're a decent chance because the Bulldogs almost got beat by the Warriors. Yeah, last Uh, round, though. There's a few teams you'd throw. uh, I don't care. The Dragons almost lost to the Tigers after leading by 22 with 15 to go. Yeah, I know. Oh, don't worry about that. They're terrible. Hmm. I'm just saying. I'm just saying the Bulldogs are not immune from... Uh, everyone know oh, the Bulldogs are oh, please, please. I'm just saying you can't discount them. If you're gonna look at any of those oh, teams, you love the Bulldogs. You're a Bulldogs fan, mate. I go for Melbourne. I'm, gonna buy I'm you the a furthest thing from a Bulldogs fan. But let's put it this way: if anyone's got a chance out of the bottom four, if you had to pick one, they're the team you'd pick. You're not going Sharks. with South or the Dragons. They're both gone. Uh, the, and Sharks. the Sharks just don't have the halves. But and the Bulldogs. I reckon they're about 250 to one. So the Bulldogs, they're about 700 to one. But honestly, I think it's between 
the Roosters, the Cowboys, Brisbane, Melbourne. But if I had to pick one out of that bottom that could make any kind of run out, it would be the Dogs. Um, the Storm, you you've already answered. You think they're a chance, even though their, the their attack hasn't been brilliant. Um, I think they've got a chance, but I, I had my own little theory. I was hoping we'd finish fifth because I thought we had an easier path that way. Uh, you think about it too much. 100% I do. I like to look at it from every perspective, so we'll see how things play well, out. So you'd rather finish fifth and not have two chances? To play the Dragons with no Widop, yeah. needled up, uh, Mike Cooper yeah. suspended, no Joel Thompson, uh, you know. You Benji... win this week, get the week off. Happy days. Yeah, if we win. Otherwise, you go back and play the Dogs. It's a tougher run than playing the Dragons and the Sharks like we probably would have. So we'll have to see what happens there. And the other one is the Sharks, they get the Fafitas back. Does that boost... Are uh, there chances in any way of having a crack in the finals? No, I think their chances are gone because they, they should have finished top four. I reckon they're better off in this survival no, mode. No, no, you sound like Paul Gallon. Look, the other day they're like, well, we need to finish top four and rah, 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 and be better. So when did he say that? Now they're saying, oh, well, I think we'll be better. We'll be better for finishing fourth because, uh, finishing in the in the bottom half because when we want to play pressure football and please. No. If, you, if you put a gun to your head and said, can I have two chances or one, everyone's going to say two. It's just a spin that they're putting on where they ended up finishing. And yeah. If, if, I had to, if I had to back one team out of the bottom half of the eight, it'd be, it'd be them. But as I said, they're very, very long odds. Yeah, 100%. We'll jump in and review the views of the games from the weekend. So Thursday uh, started off with a storm. And the Broncos, 15-8. Uh, no hunt. Obviously, Milford was uh, left to try and guide things on his own. I didn't think he did too bad of a job. He tried to show some involvement, but it didn't help when Ashley Taylor also left the field fairly early. There was no Kahu, no Glenn. Um, but all in all, Melbourne just strangled him. I thought Cronk controlled yeah. things. Munster. through this game for both teams, really. Yeah, Munster was really good at the no, back no, again. No reference to form for Melbourne because... No. Nah. Brisbane didn't have the best sorting, so... But it was still... But just... a good result for him. It's got him a top four spot. Yeah, it was nice to see again. Munster, over 200, couple of line breaks. He forced some dropouts. Every aspect of his game uh, is getting better and better. And Bromwich, Chambers, all these guys we need to step up. I thought they had a I good game. I think it was you and, you and Gossett broke them off when Slater went out. I said, I didn't mind this kid. I reckon they could still win it. And I don't know whether they... You know, they probably won't win it, but... Bloody hell, I think they're a decent chance. He's a good player, this kid. Well, all about defence. I said that when we talked about last time. Simple. If they stick to what they do best and we make it ugly and strangle a side, we always give ourselves a good chance. But uh, there's been a couple of games this year where we've just glaringly turned up, basically thinking we're going to win a game, and we got rolled. So um, finals time, different story, but we're going to need to up our intensity and definitely be like we were against the Sharks the other week or against the Cowboys when we only conceded in the 79th minute. They're going to need to be ruthless and boring if that has to be that way for 80 minutes because that's the only way they're going to win the well, comp. Well, the Roosters... Uh, sorry, the Roosters have got the best defensive record. Melbourne the second best. So... Yeah, but I think they're the best... Uh, they're, uh, the, they're the best uh, attacking uh, team in the comp. The yeah, they're the best attacking team. 300 points and the, uh, Melbourne have conceded 348. But most other... Every other side apart from Brisbane that were 380 are over 400. So Melbourne and... Melbourne, the Roosters, and to a lesser degree, the Broncos are by far and away the best defensive sides in the competition. Yeah, I get to that. me, it tells me that that 
one of those three sides will win the comp because. But the Roosters have got both sides of the ball going for them. They're one in attack and defense. So. Oh, of course they do. But uh, Melbourne, have, Melbourne are far better offensively this year than they were last year. Oh, I don't know. With Blake Green there, they are. I'm telling you, they are. We've stalled. We're not. We're, we struggle to score three tries a week. No, might have stalled at the moment, the last few weeks, but. We need to find more creativity. Bring them on. We're going to go Friday night. We going? We're going to go. Yeah, depending on what time. I want to. I want to sit there and poke you while Melbourne beat the Roosters. I tell you, I told you so. Fair enough. All right. Well, yeah, I think you're the most unexcited, excited person about your own team other than that. No, I'm trying to get back on track. You keep delaying and going off to the side. Let's get back to what you're we're a doing pessimist, here. Mate. All right, but uh, not much to take out of this one, like you said. The result worked out well. Melbourne won on Thursday, had to wait the whole weekend, but it, uh, it did fall in their favour. But uh, simple, key to their title chances is defence. The attack still needs a little bit of tweaking, um, not scoring a lot of points, lucky to get two or three tries a week. Most of the time they're lucky to get two, but especially defensively, there's been a few really good games against top contenders. So, uh, that's going to be the key for them. But moving on, to Friday night, you've got the Roosters versus Souths. 30 blot. The first half was just an absolute blitz rig. The edges went crazy. Um, the go forward was ridiculous. The brutal contact from Moa and Napa and Evans just absolutely teeing up on these blokes. And then the class of Sheck and Maloney um, just teeing off, uh, you know, and finishing the plays off. The Souths just had absolutely no answer in the first half. No, it was a bloodbath. Simple. Move on. Copped it on the chin. Too good. South can't win. Yeah, well, second half, uh, their defense got a little bit better, but you could feel the Roosters kind of pack things up a little bit. Uh, There's a few brain snap moments. Evans got himself a contrary conduct charge for throwing the footy. Uh, Maloney, he got a grade one for the trip, so they're both going to be... They they charged Evans for throwing the football. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It happens every week. Yeah, I know. But they're all blowing up. Oh, the trainer, he didn't throw it at the trainer. He hit Carter, and Carter bloody flinched and headbutted the trainer. That's not Evans' fault. But then this morning, I heard people saying that the bottle throw was ridiculous to charge him for that. You don't throw a bottle from the bench at somebody while they're walking off. That's just dumb by George Burgess. That's just a lack yeah, of... Yeah, I don't think he deserves two weeks for it. No, nah, not two weeks, but to say like... He deserves oh, to be charged, yeah. He can't do it. Nothing wrong with that. What kind of dope when you sit on the bench launches a bottle at someone when they're walking off? That's George just Burgess. stupid. Um, George, yeah. Yeah, just... George, yeah. George, yeah. Not very They've smart. The plot, They've lost the plot. They have lost the plot. Lost the plot. <laughs> and then Where's even... Mate? Who's that bloke who bloody inboxed us and give it to us because we don't rap South enough? Well, oh, I don't know. South. They can't win the comp, Jim. Yeah. Well, it was the other way. Sorry, after after one game. Last year, when, you know, you deserve a pat, like a bad, good dog, bad dog. We gave him a rap last good year. Good dog, you deserve a pat. If not, you get a boot up the ass. Mate, we're not biased here. It's simple. Um, like no I said, boy. if I was biased, I'd just be flogging Melbourne's train every week. But as we said, we're very hard on both our teams. You rip the Titans apart just about every single week. So yeah, uh, there's absolutely no bias here. If South deserve the credit, I'd give it to them. But I thought they fell down, and I'll say it again, at the start of the year with their recruitment. And that's what happens when you, when you win a comp. When you win a comp, you've got to upgrade players. You can't really bring anyone in. I heard whinging yesterday that they can't sign anyone. Of course you can't. You've had to upgrade your side. Um, Johnston, minimum wage, played for Australia, upgrade. Walker. Played for Australia, upgrade. Uh, Kiri wasn't even getting a contract. He was yeah, on forget about all that. matches. It's, so. it's the passion to want to win and want to play. Yeah, hard. and that's the other effect of the they second year. They've right? all they there's a lot of young guys. Everything. There's a lot of young guys who got grand final rings early. Um, they look a bit flat. They don't look as hungry. 
Burgess left, Teo left. They don't have intimidators. They've got two extra halfbacks playing on the edges, which doesn't work. They've got um, no one wiping their bum. And, you know, that's simple as that. They've got no one leading from the front, and they've got two extra halfbacks in Sutton and Stewart who don't hit holes or do that dirty work. And they stuffed that up immediately when they picked... Uh, Tim Grant was a, a signing over Tarek Sims, who would have been a, a decent replacement for a TO or a Burgess on an edge. And then Glenn Stewart, they paid overs for when no one else put an offer in. So they made two bad mistakes right then and there. And that's the reason they can't find anyone really for next year, and they're just fighting to retain talent. That's what happens when you win a comp. So they're really on a knife's edge. There's definitely going to be more going on. Um, that was a very poor performance. GI comes back supposedly this week, but I know myself, you have one of those operations. It's only been two weeks. I don't care who you are, when you've got knee issues and you've already had clean outs prior, he's going to be nowhere near 100%. So, pen through South, they'll be very lucky to escape this week if they do. And if they do, they're going to need George Burgess clear, him and Tom to kill it, um, McInnes to play out of his skin and the halves to have some go forward to do something for their outside back. So, it all starts with the middle. Well, it does. That's right. right. Um, Rooster side of things, again, they just rolled over him. Looking really, really good. Both those players uh, clear to play in uh, Maloney and Napa. Big game against Melbourne this week, Friday at Allianz. But Saturday, the Battle of the Spoon, 30-12. to 12, The Penny Panthers get away uh, from that and end up finishing 11th. Newcastle, 16th, dead last. Wooden Spoon in the chest. Uh, perfect way. Well, they deserve it. I'm sorry. They do. They won four games and then they basically they stalled the worst side all year. for the rest of Never the year. The Tigers were the worst two teams this year and the Titans. Oh, no, nah, I thought the Titans showed more effort than those two. The Titans had some losses, but well, they, did, yeah. they were gritty. They, they didn't deserve the, the spoon. The Tigers, the Tigers were on par. Nah, the Tigers were on par with bloody Newcastle. They were both ordinary. The Tigers? Yeah, them and Newcastle. Yeah, that's what I said. I reckon they're, they're the two that deserved it, one of those two, and then you throw the Titans and the Warriors in Mate, the I, next year, I would have thought, and then on top of that, you throw in Parramatta and Penrith, who I, were just I'd think, spasmatic. I'd put Titans above all of them, even the Warriors, who had a decent run in the middle during Origin. The Titans' effort this year, bar a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks back, they were outstanding. They played. Oh, there was a month. It was a bad month there where they got. Yeah, but they were up for so long with a roster that's just in just it's inferior. And then they missed out on Cherry Evans. They had plenty of reasons just to pack it up, and they didn't. So, if I was going to rank effort, uh, their effort on a couple of those days, if they had better players, they would have been in the top eight with the way they played. Some days. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd be pretty happy if I was Neil Henry. I know it's not finals, but for what they got dished up, a couple of late uh, mid-year transfers, some randoms like Lachlan Berg, Nacious Parsi, there was some growth this year in a few key spots, and next year's got to be a big recruitment year. They've got to go hard at a couple of key names, but I'd be happy if I was Neil Henry with this season. Um, I may sound... It's going to be nice if we've got a few good players. I may, uh, like I said, it may sound stupid finishing 14th and being happy, but with the roster and the run they had, I, I would have been stoked. I think they put in a great effort, so that's just uh, me, but Penrith, uh, they avoided it. Yeah, they, you don't support them. That's the thing, mate. Penrith found something uh, when it mattered most. I thought Smith was pretty good. Farrow was outstanding. Um, well, again, sh- you consider they had Cartwright, Sowood, all those guys out. Like, who were Newcastle missing from their number one side, like number one rostered side that they... Would, would have named their str- as their strongest 17th so oh, I'd have to, they... have to look on paper again you're asking me bloody five days after no, no no I'm just saying like off the top of your head I'm not asking you to research it but really it'd be Joey Lailua who went to Canberra yeah McManus would have been Jared on Mullen. one wing Mullen would have been there and Gibbs at the back um, did Smith play on the weekend? 
No, Jeremy Smith didn't. So that's four. Um, and bar that, Ruby Rocco is probably the only other one. So five players. Yeah. So you're looking at five at max, and Penrith have got about 15. So, I mean, if Newcastle were ever going to avoid the spoon, they had the perfect opportunity, and they, they couldn't do it. Yeah. And I've got to say, I did tip them going off what Bedsy had them going on, but I didn't think about the short turnaround, which I... Uh, they, yeah. t- they talked about a little but bit. But that's the thing. You know, the, the biggest error people make with those sides down the bottom of the table is that once they, those sides win a game, not that we fall in love with them, but you begin to trust them again. And the reason they're down there is because they can't put back-to-back performance Yeah, but you can't together. trust... You couldn't have trusted either of these sides the way they were playing. So. No, Penrith at home, and, and Penrith didn't deserve the spoon. Newcastle were talking about the spoon six weeks ago, whereas Penrith had never really ended their mindset because... You know, all they were trying to do was make the top eight. Yeah, but you're going, they beat Melbourne and then they almost beat the Dogs yeah, last week. when your mindset is, I'm avoiding the spoon or I'm trying to make the eight, it's two different mindsets, you know. I, I just don't think Penrith's mindset was ever spoon. Well, um, it should have been because they were playing for it last week, so they both would have been yeah. trying to avoid it, regardless of what well, you te- think. Technically they, technically they were. But yeah, both of them had to think about avoiding the spoon. That's what that game was realistically, for. Realistically, they weren't because they finished 11th. Like, it's just how ridiculously close that bottom. Yeah, with the four and against once they got the two points. But um, the Knights just looked out of petrol, to be honest, especially in the second half. Uh, Penrith just had the ball for an absolute chunk of time. Honestly, Tyron Peachy's outstanding. I know we had this talk earlier. I don't want to start fires again, but if Wallace isn't there and they're not happy to pull the trigger on Martin, who's probably not physically ready, or if Tyron May doesn't go up, or you know they haven't re-signed John yet, I'd be perfectly happy if for Tyron Peachy to keep playing six. Mm, yeah. No, nah. I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's a six. I, yeah, but yeah. you look at Jack Bird this year, and if Sow just does his job and yeah. controls, and they've got Matt Moylan at the back taking pressure off, can they can they win a comp with Peachy at six? Yeah, but who who are they? What, you're going to win the comp with Martin or May who aren't ready and John. Like I think if you told me my best option and been able to fit him in the side and put another back rower in because they have enough trouble fitting all the back rowers in the bloody side. They're missing a half and they're missing a prop to me. They're still missing a prop and a half for next year. Those kids are good, but none of them are going to win them a comp or come in and be ready to go. I think you could put Peachy at six. Moylan's going to be back. That's I'm, I, I don't want to take too much of a pot shot, but honestly, even the year before, it, I, I would pick Soward and, and Wallace over a lot of halves pairings. Moylan took a lot of relief and Segarra took a lot of relief because they're not a, a great creative pair of halves. Soward's got a good kicking game. Doesn't run, plays in a dinner suit, and Wallace just kind of controls things. So I think they were getting more out of nine in fullback. But I honestly think you could put Peachy at six, let Soward guide the ship, Segar be healthy, and then you've got more at the back. And then you've got creative edges with blokes like Cartwright and that. I'd rather have him on the field than play him off the bench. He's, he's wasted off the bench. And he's better when he's in the game for such a long period of time. He did it again on the weekend. He made 200-plus metres. He broke tackles. He set a try. He's just a ridiculous player, Tyron Peachy. Oh. But if you, if I'm going into next year, if they don't re-sign John, well, you'll find it to be if Wallace retires, it'll be Will Smith that'll slide in there. Uh, I, I think that might be an underlying reason why Will Smith hasn't signed yet, because they're waiting to see what Wallace does. Well, Isaac John hasn't signed. I don't know. I don't, I don't know that. I'm just looking at it from. Yeah, well, so am I. But Isaac John is not signed. Anybody. Will Smith's not signed. They've got two good kids who are not going to be ready. And I'm looking at Peachy, and I think I can play him there instead of benching him because I want him on the field. He breaks open football games. He's, well, they got they got they signed Zach Doc Clay as well. He's a nine now. He's not playing halves anymore. They signed him as a nine. They want him as a nine. He finished the year playing ten games at Parramatta. But you got James Segarra. 
Yeah, well, like, you can play in the half. So that's not my fault. But that's, he wants to play yeah. nine as well. So that they sign him as that, and he's been playing there at Power for the last ten games. So. Um, he'd be as a utility option to cover all positions. Well, basically, no offence to him, he'd be playing New South Wales Cup. That's what he'd be doing. Yeah. I would have May and Martin, from what I've seen, in at six before him. Uh, but the way he's built, oh, yeah. the way he's built now and been training, they've obviously told him they want him at nine because he's been doing it at power. Yeah, right? and, about next year. and he's bulked up. But I'm big on Peachy. I really like Peachy. But I agree. I just. I just don't think they can win a comp with Peachy at six. Yeah, I, do I, don't, I don't think they can win the comp next year I think, anyway. I think uh, I think he'll fill in, probably play on that edge where Lewis Brown's in play. I don't think they can win the comp next year anyway. I still think they're, like I said, a half and a prop short. Probably are. So right. if we're looking at it, though, and like right. I said, just simple, you can't really dive into the market right now. If you want to plug that gap, um, and Wallace was they're waiting for Wallace to come back, I'd be perfectly happy with Tyron Peachy. That's all I'm saying. Uh, there was way too many penalties in this game. It was an awful game, to be honest. But I'll give, like I said, credit to Penner. If they finish things off the right way, Farre was outstanding. I thought Campbell Gillard, he's had a pretty good year. He was good again the other day. Uh, Peachy, just solid all around. But, yeah, Newcastle, they've, they've been up for a couple of weeks. They've had a couple of big games, and um, they just fell over at the final hurdle. But the biggest thing I can take for this from Penrith is Katoa, Chris Smith, both Jennings brothers, Campbell Gillard, Cartwright, uh, Zalesniak, Latu, Wonga Blake, all these guys, yo, get more exposure to first grade. So, again, um, they've got guys that are very young. They've had to play a lot of football, getting up around those 30, 40 game marks. They should be better again in depth next year. But, like I said, I unfortunately feel there's still one or two, um, you know, starting players away from being a real, real threat, particularly. Well, again, Merrin's coming, obviously. He'll, he'll help out in that front row. Discussion. Still need a, a, a big, angry mofo, though. They, they're still lacking it. McKendry's give, solid. Give, give, uh, give Latu a preseason. He might be that guy. And yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I, I, I like Kakao, but again, he's not going to come just be NRL killer first year. Um, he's physically he's physically a big boy, but you, you can't just automatically assume that a 20s kid is going to come in. Uh, much you like Campbell Gillard. But you don't know that it's not going to happen. So. Yeah, well, he's not going to do it. Anyway. He's not going to do a Jared, is what Move I'm saying. On. So... Um, good blooding of those kids a lot of build up in depth, some experience so that's the one plus out of all these injuries for the Penny Panthers but uh, they finish 11th, Newcastle will get the spoon Dragons, Tigers 32-30, again pretty disappointing game to be honest uh, Brooks takes an intercept early and then it was just all one way traffic after that Benji Marshall controlled things um, they turned Frizzell inside a thousand times again and they finally ran him uh, on a decent line instead of just turning him under. He scored a try. You saw Dugan. He was super dangerous, as always, running the football. Aiken isolated for a double, but they just shut down. Um, 15 minutes to go. The Tigers, four converted tries, drag it in a golden point, and probably just sums up their season and the unfortunate situation that Robbie Farrell was the bloke who was penalised uh, to end golden point, and, and, you know, that was the note their season finished on, which is pretty sour, and it's been the same way for the last few years for the Tigers. Yeah, well, Farrah deserved a penalty. Let's not get that wrong. Yeah, they never buy uh, penalties. Probably four or five shots at field goal that he missed. So they had their chances. The Tigers look. Uh, the Dragons, they again sort of slide in and out of games, and that's the reason why they sit eighth, and they'll probably be fodder in the finals. But uh, they're there with a chance. They deserve to be there, I guess, through uh, that early season form. But 
you look at what Manly did to Cronulla and think, well, what if it was, how good would it be this week if it was Dogs versus uh, Manly, you know, like Manly scraped in at eight, so it would have really opened up the final series. I, I don't think, if the Dragons win one game, they won't win two. They're not winning. So, you know, they, might, they might ask their way through this week, but... Nah. They're not yeah, asking. Uh, they definitely won't win in week two, so... Um, look, yeah, Tigers... I think the Tigers played better footy the last month, um, but... Again, they'd be disappointed with where they finish, but they do. Realistically, they're only what are they? Four, four wins out of the eight. So they've got to I sort mean, that crap out. What, you know, how fine of a line it is uh, between being down right down the bottom and being in the top eight. Well, they kind of showed that, that this year it really teared off. Usually, there's one or two really down the bottom. There was a big clump of them that were ordinary this year, so they all kind of beat each other. Uh, then there was a couple of teams that got in. Then there was just three teams that completely separated themselves from everybody. Um, and well, that, there were three teams. I felt there were three at the top, three at the bottom that were just horrendously bad and horrendously good. No, so I, sort of I, think, I think there's Broncos, a lot of ordinary, a lot Broncos, of ordinary this year. Broncos, Roosters, um, Cowboys, and and Cowboys, yeah, and then uh, the Tigers, um, Titans, and uh, Knights. I thought were three teams that never really were going anywhere this season. I think you could work that out after probably a month or so. Even yeah. after the Knights had won four in a row, I was still saying, no, I couldn't believe it. So, Yeah, early season, a couple of teams back, um, obviously, from playing Australian games and the tours and bloody no, no pre-season surgeries, bits and pieces like that. So everyone kind of, all the decent teams usually start flat. Broncos got towed up by South Week 1 because they'd already peaked from World Club Challenge and all that jazz. So you can never read into things until about halfway yeah, through. Yeah, that's why they're grand final in round one. Yeah, obviously. A bit late now. Um, but I think simple for the Tigers it's probably not going to happen but there's just too much crap going on uh, they're not on the same page uh, anyone out there again I've got to bring it up they all bring up this Harry bloke West aren't going to sell their side of the venture so I'm just yeah everyone keeps going that'll fix everything West are financially stable Balmain probably won't pay their loan back they're going to wait they're not going to sell it to old mate who runs Merriton it's not in their best interest they'll gain control uh, by March and it just, I think probably the biggest point to take out of this is what you said. It seems the NRL run clubs are the ones that have all the problems. Yeah, well, if you look at it, look at where they sit. Titans, Newcastle, uh, you know, you've got the Tigers. I think the, the sooner West get their hands back on it, and that's just purely from the perspective that there'll be none of this split and all these issues and outside influences, probably the sooner that one entity has control, as sad as that may sound, uh, probably the better for their future. And they need to sort out right now what's going on with the coat. You've got sponsors that are in because of Farrah that aren't happy and Taylor's gone against him and this and that and blah, blah, blah. They just need to sort their crap out, seriously. Well, it's as simple as this. One's going to go. Yeah, well, sort it out. That's all I want. Go into the next season, pick a coach, make it amicable. amicable. Well, no, and to me, it looks like they've, put, they've brought Taylor in to do a job. They've asked him to sort it out. He, this is a part of him trying to do that. So they need to get behind him and back him. That's what I mean, though. If, if they fold here to Farrah and sack Taylor, what, what coach would want to go there? But I guarantee David Kibble would take the job, but it'd be crazy, too. Like, yeah, new... okay, unless it was someone that's there now, they promote internally. Who, who honestly would leave... No one. Anywhere. It's what I'm saying. No, it's, it's uncontrollable. The board's no. separate. Marina Go didn't even have the same message that Taylor had when she came out and spoke. They're, they're not even on the same page internally. 
So they need to sort themselves yeah, out. Yeah, but the way that rugby league clubs sometimes work is the fact that the, the football department and the, and the club itself are run separately. And it's over, that's obviously what happens. Well, let's put it this way. Nathan Brown's got... if you were going to do that, like if I was doing that, you'd have to get everyone in and on board before you, before you even think about doing it. So it's obvious that Taylor's a smart cookie. He would have done that. Um, and obviously Matty Cameron's there. And they've got smart operators there. So... I don't bind all this crap that the Tigers mismanage this. They, they would have thought this through. There'd be a definite uh, plan behind what they're doing. There'd be a science to it. They would have worked out all the numbers. They'd be all over this, right? I, I just think they've been let down by... Uh, well, they obviously haven't been supported as, as, as hard enough or as uh, well enough by the, the board and the CEO and, you know, mixed messages coming out. Just cut the legs out from underneath the head coach, so... Um, and the fact that Farah, you know, they've, they've left it this late, I think that's... That's the biggest a, issue. I was going to say, take all that crap out of it. They have stuffed up. Because if they really wanted him gone, they would have known earlier in the piece, salary cap-wise, because they knew they were screwed so for a couple did. of years. Like they did six weeks ago. They, they six weeks ago is not early, not early enough. Early is middle, well, middle of the season. what it is now. Yeah, like, sure, you're, you're probably trying to play for the finals. They would have known that they were in a bad spot. They should have made this decision a lot earlier. They left it way too yeah. late. That's why they're stitched up. The only hope for them now, and I want to move on from this because we're taking a bit of time with it, is that Nathan Brown seemed pretty keen the other night on him, has a big opinion of him. He's going to Newcastle. Tyler Randall's solid, but he's not a nine. Clydesdale I'm not a big fan of. Levi's got a future. But honestly, if they can pick him up for a couple hundred thousand, I can see a benefit for Newcastle, and you run Denny Levi, similar to what they did with Charrington this year, for 20 minutes yeah, off the bench. Then again, I'd sort of say to Nathan Brown, well... This guy's got a track record of not getting along with coaches. And, you know, I love it how they all say, oh, we got along so well in Origin. Yeah, well, it's easy to. Seven or eight days, like, at a time. Um, and in a high-performance environment, which is pretty laid back. It's not the day-to-day rigours of an NRL side. Yeah, well, I don't think... Uh, it's, you're yeah, going, he's I going to a different... I don't know whether I'd want to take that gamble at this point. Well, for 200000 if, if he was sort of looking and going, well... Yeah, I don't look not for value on the field. It's a, it's a good call. Yeah, and for not having a solid nine, it could really just stabilise Brownie's he started his stint there. That's all. Yeah, well, I think he's a smart operator. He's have proven to weigh that. that up. He built Huddersfield from a wooden spooner to a top four contender. Yeah, yeah I know all that. That's super league. Yeah, I know. That. And then he won a title at St Helens. Yeah. But I'm saying he's coming here. Um, I think he's the right one that they've picked. And as long as they've given control, they've given three years. That tells me all I need to know. If he got two, I would have been a little bit worried, but. I think they've done the right thing. They've handed over some control. It looks like he's going to be running on the shop there. So I just really hope that whatever he does is successful. Um, he, he seems like the right person. Of all the other options that were floated, there was a couple that have been on the coaching merry-go-round that I just looked at and thought, I hope they don't hire him. Because I think in 12 months, they just would have been sacking someone again. So uh, fingers crossed for them. But the Tiger season ends. They're in 15th. Uh, if they got the spirit, I would have been surprised. They probably deserved it. Uh, there wasn't a lot of positives to come out of it. There's a, no, they didn't. There's a lot the to, it. Yeah, there's a lot to be sorted still. The Dragons, uh, they slide into the bottom of the eight there. They play the Bulldogs this week, but they're going to need to improve big time, and they definitely need Widdop back. Um, he's massive for them. But the Cowboys versus the Titans, 42-12. to 12. The Titans finish the year in 14th. They're up 12-zip. They've started fast, typical Cowboys, looking like they don't give two craps. They charge back 16-12 by half time. Second half is just completely different. 
Um, they ran a train on them, but like I said, what have the Titans got to play for? They've been up for most of the year. They had a bit of a flat spot. They're about to go on Mad Monday. They put in a good effort. Um, they basically shut down for 20 minutes, so I can't take a lot out of that performance. The only thing I want to know, why did JT stop goal kicking? Is he injured? I don't know. He had, Maybe he had like one yeah, or two shots. They scored nine tries, and then they only kicked one more after that. But he was on the field for basically another five tries. He didn't kick another goal. Yeah, I know. So I hope that's not the case. They need Morgan back. I do think Thompson's solid, but it's easier when you're a good team like Melbourne the other week to throw a blanket on Thurston. So that's the big thing I'm taking out of that for them. They need him back. There's no doubt about it. And they need to fix their fifth tackle options. Some of their fifth tackle options were shocking. Yeah. Well, Morgan, Morgan will fix that. Like, coming in... Um... Yeah, but you're right in the fact that Coot and Thurston should do a better job there. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And Coot's done a hell of a job. The, the obvious, the glaring, the glaring um, hole for me, in the Cowboys, is the fact that Granville can't really kick, can he? So nah, he can't kick. Three teams above him, he got well, not above them, but who I realistically look at, like you've got McCulloch, you've got Smith, and you've got Luke who all can sort of kick if need be. So that's sort of something that Granville's going to have to work into his game, I guess. Did you say Luke? Ah, uh, not Luke. Friend, um, you mean? Friend, yeah. Friend can kick, like, yeah. I don't, know why, I don't know why I had Luke in there. I froze for a minute and I was uh, like, who's Luke? And he's talking about South. He's yeah, like, no, friend. They're all obviously uh, at that elite end. Not as, as Luke is. Luke can kick as well, but um, look, it's, it's something they're going to have to look at and work on. Well, they need, they need so, more than... I don't think that's the one glaring area. Like, there's a, there's, a, there's a range of different areas that they're lacking at the moment that they're going to have to improve. Yeah, 100%. I think the most impressive thing out of me of that game is the growth of Asiata over the over the year. He's been fantastic. Oh, I liked him when he first came in. He... Mate, I loved him in the 20s at Roosters. Oh, I thought he was brilliant, but uh, he came in a little bit too ball-playing happy. He's got a bit of size on, been a bit more physical, and I think he's realised now that he should run first past second and... It's paid dividends. He's got some cracker offloads and some of the second phase play. He set up two of the tries on the weekend. He was outstanding value off the bench. So um, their, their bench, in my eyes, has gone up a few notches. But they need Morgan back. They need to be dual threat because at the moment it's too easy just to track Thurston. Um, so they definitely need Morgan back. Hopefully he's good to go this weekend against the Broncos uh, for the Titans. they got a lot of changes next year, a few young blokes coming in. It's going to be another rebuilding year. Uh, but the biggest thing is the market, what they do next year. He's going to speak volumes of uh, where they're going in the future. But uh, I-, I was pretty impressed this year. I-, I thought, to be honest, they'd get beaten from pillar to post and I would have expected them to shut down after the Cherry Evans situation. But to their credit, um, they fought in a lot of games where a lot of other teams probably would have packed up. So full credit yeah, I thought to them. their effort was good, bar probably that month. Game. So I think for 75, 75% of the year, they'll yeah, they were pretty good. But Sunday, the Eels versus Canberra, another nothing game. Canberra finished 10th. Eels finished 12th. This probably sums up both their seasons. Canberra can't close out a game until this one uh, when it doesn't matter. And the fact that, um, you know, they couldn't shut it down or they, they weren't involved early on in games that they should have won. There was a lot of games they should have won they didn't. There was a lot of tough teams they got close to beating that they didn't. And Parramatta, this was just them to a tee. They had a lead and they blew it again. They've been awesome at getting first-half leads and then blowing games, so... This was like the unblowable game, but really, wasn't it? Well, let's let's be honest. I think both those kick-ons were knocked on that they regathered, especially the second one. Yeah. Canberra were lucky on both those calls. 
they agreed, but Parramatta still shouldn't have lost. Yeah, they still blew it. I'm not, not going to take it away because it means nothing in the end. But I think if anything summed it up for me, uh, probably Hodgson scoring at the end there and finishing the game off. He wasn't a dumb. Everyone always charges the field goal kicker. He barely threw a dummy and everyone just ran off and leave a huge gap for him. It was good. I liked so, it. That kind of sums up. I think he's had a fantastic year. Austin and Whiten didn't play. They've had good years. There's a lot of growth. Let's be honest. We both had him as our spooner. So did 80% of people in the papers. So if I'm Canberra, same deal again. Uh, by the end, I would have been filthy. I didn't make the eight. But the expectations at the end... Well, they only what, four points off it. So. And they should have won a lot more games. We Like I brought up the other week, there was eight games. Oh, I, I, think, I think they should have been the eight. They're yeah. the team for me. But uh, we, you have to admit, you had him as the spoon, so did I, and so did everybody. No one knew what to I'm expect. Not I, I'm not saying I didn't. I, they're the team to me that was the... Uh, the glaring one. Improver. They're the glaring yeah, the one that missed. Improver. And that's what's going to have to improve next year with Caesar coming in. Uh, Leilu obviously picked up late. He had a bit of an odd run when he got there, but he missed a lot of games, had some suspension. They're winning New South Wales Cup. Their 20s... Uh, a bit 50-50, but if you want to talk about depth and then bring in Caesar in on top of what they've done this year, they should be a lot better next year. So uh, expecting definitely a top eight spot next year. That, they shouldn't be aiming any lower. Well, same as Parramatta. They finished two points less than Canberra. And they recruited but, fairly well, but I don't know. Well, yeah. Couldn't trust Parramatta. Right, if, they don't, if they don't make the eight next year, Arthur's... Surely. Yeah, close to Gonski's. Year three. But again, they're almost handcuffed to the foreign side of things now as well, aren't they? So they've kind of written yeah, their own well, bed. Yeah, he did that, but that was a decision he made. That, so. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That was their decision, though. So again, uh, their governance is going to lead to their own downfall if something goes wrong next year and they want Arthur gone. Yeah, I, I, I think they'll make the eight next year, Pam. And I think Canberra will as well. So. Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to wait until we sit down and do that uh, heading into next year. But I think Canberra would be disappointed. But considering what everyone thought at the start of the year, that was massive. But I thought Rad Rara, even him, he, he, he dropped both those balls. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, do you want me to really get into this? Because nah, but like I said, it doesn't mean anything. I'm the one that always says this. I hate it. I hate it. I, see, but you, you can't have it both ways. This is this is what I argue. Like, you can't say that they're both not on, but technically they're not because you still had a finger on them. Yeah, but they're not the same. There was one in the Super League. There was one in the Super League on the weekend, which was just the borderline of ridiculousness. It was it was in the Castleford game. Um, it was against Castle. I can't even think of who scored it. Um, I think it might have even been St Helens. It was ridiculous. It had he had like a fingertip on it. Uh, it, it was uh, unbelievable. So I think we've just gone to the the absolute extreme with grounding the ball and control and all that. To me, we've got two sets of rules: one for inside the field of play and one for the end goal, which is stupid, and I hate it. So there's my rant done. Yeah, done. Both teams, Gonskis, Canberra finished 10th, Eels finished 12th. Um, expecting bigger things from both next year. The Sharks and Manly, 14-12. Pretty much sum this up. Manly finished 9th. The Sharks had enough ball to win three games. Um, as usual, their best two players were Michael Ennis and Wade Graham. He's had a massive year, but just no halves, no points. Uh, Gallon didn't have his best day, a couple of errors, and just too many carries. Like They're taking hit-ups when they're in good ball 20 out. Like That's their answer. To when they needed to win the game, they had no one to take control and try and ice it for them. So yeah, it's easy. It's easy to defend as well. Like it is. Of, they, they can't. They can't shift the ball on the back of you know, know. like you nah. need to sort of do something to. But they don't. They don't have a, a quick play the ball to attack. They don't have a genuine half either. They don't have a genuine half that's real. Like 
Rob, Rob, I couldn't understand why everyone was falling in love with him. Robson's steady and Bird's are running six. So they've got no one really guiding things. And they'll be better with Holmes at fullback as well next year. Gordon's good. Well, don't get me wrong. I think they're the, better, they're the best team out of that bottom four, in my opinion. But I still can't see him going anywhere near winning the comp. No. Nah, and Manly, typical. Uh, you know, it's easy to turn up for the last day, last game. Horror, horror was good. Uh, Stewart, Senny Flair, a lot of those blokes were angry. Hiku, Tafua. Uh, but it's a new start, basically, next year. They've got a lot of new players, a new coach, a uh, whole new setup after, you know, the absolute basket case or mess that the first half of this season was. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there next year. I'm not 100% sure what to make of it. Um, looking at some of the changes, so I, I suppose we'll, we won't know until uh, next year. You've probably got a better... You'll have a better idea of uh, how Trent Barrett operates than most people, but, yeah, I don't think that side of things. I'm kind of looking at the roster, and I'm not 100% sure what to make of it, so... Um, well, there's yeah. one thing for sure and certain. He'll do it his way, and he'll do it. Um, he's going to try and get his roster. He's already stamped his mark on it over there, which is I can totally understand and respect that. So, um, you know, well, Bozo, uh, Bozo yeah. Fulton's had a big part to play in that. Yeah, yeah. He's basically yeah, my only issue is the only, the only concern I have for Trent is the fact that it's such a volatile. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Club with with those factions and the board and all that. So I think the good thing might be that he's totally independent of the club. Like he never played there. He um, doesn't have a past history there. Like I think that might have been the downfall of Tuvi and the fact that he's an ex-player and was sort of aligned with one side, not the other. At least Trent just needs to go in there and be able to focus on football, not having to worry about all the politics of it. So it's hard enough to coach a side um, just day to day without all that stuff on top of it. So I think Jeff Tuvi did an amazing job. Um, and the way he handled himself throughout it all this year was uh, definitely admirable. No, he was outstanding. He I, I reckon, I, I've, I've, I've got an opinion on two. I think he'll be the Bulldogs' assistant next year. I, it's a no-brainer that he'll end up with Hasler, I think. Well, I think he's had the same assistance for a while, though, Hasler. So if he's solid with his crew... Yeah, no, look, I just think he'll be on the Bulldogs' staff next year. If I was going to have, have a bet... I reckon he'll have the that's year off. I reckon he'll have the year off and maybe come back for something. He kinda the way he's been speaking in particular the last six weeks, I think he's just mentally drained and over it all a bit and he's been in football, football, football non stop. I reckon he might have a spell yeah, for well, I get I get like that this time of the year as well and then I'm off for a month and I want to go show back into it. So Yeah, well twenty eight years though. Twenty eight uh, years is a long time. Yeah, but not coaching. Yeah, but still, playing, coaching. He's, he's been around, did the reserve grade coach, did it full-time. He's been full-time, so it's a long time. He might have a year off with family. but He'll be at the Dogs next year. Manly, Manly finished ninth, new start, new players, new coach, everything. I uh, have to wait and see. Cronulla, they're playing this weekend, obviously, but we finished off. It was the Dogs, it was the Warriors. The Warriors finally decided after an absolutely terrible effort for the last six weeks that they were going to have one last crack. Uh, Nathan Friend scored a rare try. Madalino, Lola here. He, he's been fantastic all year. Good to see him. 
especially when he did the weird John Travolta uh, disco boogie fever nights, bloody whatever you want to call it, shuffle and scored. But it still wasn't enough in the end. It was pretty typical. The dogs got home off the back of Graham and Clemmer and obviously Cook, who was very, very good again, but pretty rusty performance in particular by Reynolds, but that's to be expected. He's been out for a number of weeks. It's another new halves combination. Um, that's set moving forward. Uh, but I think the biggest thing, again, it's, it's going to come down to their forward pack. That's what got them to the grand final last year. Brett Morris getting early ball and Josh Reynolds not having a brain explosion, basically. Yeah. Uh, this was a pretty ordinary game, I thought. Um, and the Warriors, if they actually knew how to win a game, they would have won this one. Uh, they just don't know how to win, and the Dogs pinched it at, at the death. So, um, yeah, Dogs didn't impress me, but the Warriors just, you know, I don't know what yeah. to take. I don't know how to the Bulldogs. You can take anything out of that for, as a Bulldogs fan. So. Well, they found a way to win. I think it's probably the only thing I'm taking out of it, but... Uh, the Warriors, I think it's a pretty simple thing. You've got two of us to shack. Isaac Luke, Sean Johnson. Lola here is definitely going to be the six. He's done a, a great job this year. He's had a great year. Um, they've had a, a couple of debutants that are going to be a part going forward. They'll get Manu back. Uh, they've obviously got Hoffman, Mannering, these kind of guys. I really like Raymond Faitala Marina. Um, you know, so these guys, along with that spy next year, no excuses. If they're not top four, head should roll in many positions. So... Um, you know, I'm expecting a lot next year, but the Dogs will have a quick run through these finals games before we do the questions, Brock. I know you say, basically, you can't tip, but I'm basically going to ask you to tip. You've basically already said a few of them anyway, but Friday night, Roosters versus Storm, 7.55, Allianz, we will be going. You think the Storm will win this game? Yes. Why? Uh, I think Green and Cronk um, can challenge the Roosters on both sides of the field. I think they can defend uh, what the Roosters will throw at them. Um, I think they're just as well coached, if not better coached, um, than the Roosters. Uh, I think the Roosters are due for a loss. Um, I don't know, I just like Melbourne. Um, I like their key position players. I think Mitchell Pearce and Warrior Hargreaves has been out um, is a big hole and they just haven't played a team yet that's been able to expose it. I think it's Melbourne uh, play to their strengths and their forwards can um, challenge the Roosters in the middle. I think they'll, I think they'll win. Well, unfortunately, I'm going to go the Roosters and I'm going to make it simple for one or two ways. It's either going to go our way, which is slow, ugly, grind, kill the ruck, kick early, apply pressure, or it's going to go the Roosters' way, which is up-tempo, physical, getting over the ad line and the contact and defence will be heavy and they'll try and bash us out of the contest and shift the football. So... Uh, one or two ways, I'm going to go the Roosters just off exposed form. Um, but if Melbourne win, I definitely won't be complaining if we get to week three. Saturday, Dogs versus Dragons, 5.50, ANZ Stadium. I'm going the Bulldogs. I think it's pretty obvious why. I think the Dragons are basically uh, on dead legs. I don't know if Cooper got charged for that shoulder. Um, Thompson's under a health cloud. A couple of blokes playing needled. Widot may not even play. So I, I can't back them. I think the Bulldogs will run rampant in the middle over Widdop's their best player, so if Widdop doesn't play, the Bulldogs will win easy. But if he plays, I think they're a chance, uh, the Dragons, but I think they're by far and away the worst side in the finals. So yeah, I don't think they should be in the, the finals. Their, their little run in the middle of the year was outstanding, but that's what's got them there, realistic in the end. So um, Saturday again, Broncos versus Cowboys. Really looking forward to this one. Suncorp Stadium, 755. 
Who are you tipping? Or who do you think will win this I can't, game? I can't split them. Um, you got to pick one, champ. You're big I on the Broncos. I'll, I'll just go, I'll go Broncos. Well, I'm going to go the Cowboys. I think they've got the water on them. If Morgan plays especially, uh, I don't know what it is. I'm still... I like the Broncos with Hunt there. I don't know whether all these rumours are true or not. Like I said, you have to wait and see whether he's got this back problem or cork or whatever the bloody hell it is. But I don't know. I, I, I just think that the Cowboys kind of have the wood on them, especially in bigger games over the last couple of years. I think they'll really rev up for this one. I'm expecting them to return to their best. So I'd, um, I'd prefer the Cowboys to win because they're my, they're my team. That's my upset one. But the last game of the finals this week is Sunday. It's the Sharks versus the Bunnies, 4.10 p.m., Allianz Stadium, it should be at Ramondas. That's a pretty silly rule. I'm yep. going the Sharks. Um, even if GI is back, if Burgess gets off, there's no Luke. He's not healthy. Good old GI. Um, you know, they've just the go forward hasn't been oh, there. There's going to be no no Luke, no Burgess, no Sutton, no Kiri. Is that right? Kiri. Is Kiri playing or not? Kiri should be playing. Did he play on Friday night, Q? Yeah, he just can't do anything because his forwards won't go anywhere. Well, I was going to say, I, didn't, I watched the game. I didn't... He ran the footy a few times, but the poor little bugger got whacked because there's absolutely no go forward. So he... yeah, I, just, I haven't noticed him as much as uh, nah. I did last year, that's for it's, sure. It's hard to do anything when you're 70-something kilos and your forwards won't Yeah, I'm not anything. bagging him. I'm just asking whether he's playing. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm with you, but it frustrates me because he's still trying, but they're just not doing anything, the forwards. They're just doing zilch. Yeah, well... I think the fact that the Sharks struggle in attack will keep South in this. Like, yeah. South have played, been blown off the park by two explosive attacking teams, or probably the best two yeah. attacking teams in the Roosters and the Broncos. So the fact that the Sharks struggle to score points will keep South in this. So I think it might keep them in long enough for him to win and find find a way to win. It wouldn't surprise me, but on exposed form, I have to tip. you have to tip the Sharks. 100%. You have because to stick with them. South just look... Well, I don't know. Like, they've quit. They're, I don't know. But well, that's... They're, they're likely to come out and win by 30. And, that's uh, basically... They can go back to back. You know, I just... No, nah, yeah, I, I, I can't say it. I think they're quit like you. I don't know if Burgess gets off, but regardless, GI's not healthy. Well, Key how plays. do they get off? I don't understand how they're going to challenge that. What are they going to no, say? I don't water. know. No, I don't know. They're going to probably go for the grading being too harsh, but who he's cares? He's charged with throwing a bottle, and he's going to go in there and say, oh, I challenge it, I didn't throw the bottle. Like, I don't know. I don't no, it. I don't know. I think they're thinking that their charge is ridiculous. They're going for the harshness. Like I don't I know. Shot, you got your charge with shooting someone. Oh, but I, I shot him with a spud gun. So we'll have to wait and know. see what their decision is there, but um, that's the finals games. That's the fast five. That's the reviews of the matches. We'll quickly do these fan foreign questions. Uh, Sandy Hunt. I'll give you. I'll give you one. We've got one here in my. It's landed in my email box. It's from Jordan Palmer, and he started with, "I'm banned from commenting on anything for three days." Yeah, I just read. I can't this. comment on the fan forum status. So he so sleeps someone. If you folks read it, I love it. He's, he's banned. I don't know. I don't he's want banned. to know what he's banned. I do. In, tell us why right. you banned. Inbox us again and tell us why. Yeah, I want to know why you banned Jordan. Yeah. If it was um, something about Bo Ryan. Do you guys reckon the call on James Loney was right, or do you think it deserves a week's a week? I think they got it right. I think they got it right. He's got... Josh, Re- Josh Reynolds got off it twice. Josh, no, think? three times in the last 12 months. And that's why I've blown up before, because I said that Greg Bird, they said three charges in 12 months gets loading. I said, well, why wasn't Reynolds charged the third time then? He got off you twice. Matt, you can't trip three times. He tripped once, should have got done, but three times in 12 months, and Bird got like eight weeks for a tackle that I thought was pretty solid. And Reynolds got nothing, so be consistent with your rulings. Birdman. 
but yeah, he's uh, he's fine. That's that's one. It was a bit of a Daniel Crusoe karate kid, uh, you know, aim for the leg, sweep the leg, and he did. So a uh, bit of a brain snap, but I've got no problem. But I've got the Facebook questions up here. Sandy Hunter, I have concerns with the refs and the finals. Inconsistency has played out all year. Interpretations change every game. What needs to be done? No idea, Sandy. The referees, <laughs> the referees. Uh, you've just answered your own question. That word, inconsistency, um, week no, to week. I think you'll get. You're going to get more consistency because you bloody hope so. You've only got four games this week, so I think if we're going to get a howler, we'll get it this week. I think if history tells you, yeah, week one um, howlers usually are in week one or week two of the finals, not traditionally in. Like, tell me a preliminary final or a grand final that's been. Um, decided by a dud call. Like, usually you get the best referees by the end of it. Uh, look, we're going to have eight referees go around this weekend as opposed to the normal 16. So straight away, the quality should have doubled, basically, or the standard refereeing should have doubled. You should have um, half the amount of interpretations and all that sort of crap that goes with it. So hopefully the referees by sitting down, look, this is, this is what we've refereed and this is what we've policed all year. So it shouldn't change now. Um, and just let the players decide. Uh, but yeah, well, hopefully. But who knows? Sandy, unfortunately, that one, no one's ever going to be able to fix the refereeing and inconsistency. Sandy was blowing up yesterday on Twitter as well about the fact that Smith and Thurston didn't go to the captain's call in Sydney, which I thought was um, fair criticism as well. And the fact that didn't travel. We're talking so much about the TV deal. Um, and yet we can't get eight captains to the one spot to promote our. Well, I find I find this weird that the both of them have had to travel a lot in the last couple of weeks. Melbourne played three games yeah, in I, bloody I ten that. days, so if they've just gone home and it's I, um, it's going to sound like I'm being biased, but honestly, if I'd played three games in ten days and I'd gone home for one day and then they want your captain to go back before a potential finals game when you want to recover and come play on Friday, well, who did they send? Because Gavin well, Cooper was there. Who Ryan Hinchcliffe, because he'll play for twenty minutes. That's why. Yeah. But still, I see. If they can send one, why why can't the other one go? They've all got to play. No, I don't know. Look, I just think I think the NRL's got to get. Like, I understand Craig Bellamy wanting to give him the middle finger because they played. He wasn't happy about three games in ten days. I'd be filthy too. I can, I can, totally, yeah, I can totally get that. But I think the NRL needs to just say, look, either you're here or it's a hundred k fine. Like, just make Good. it compulsory. Well, and I agree with I agree with what Sandy's saying. I agree with what you're saying in terms of. Like, from the coach, you're not going to get And away. the Cowboys. Cowboys had the same. Bloody way you're going down there. No, no and the way. Cowboys, like, for one day, you send your captain when you want to recover and game plan and do video on that. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I get that. But I think... Those teams should be able to send also, some mickmock. I, I reckon they also need to look at... Like, was there much consideration in terms of what days these games are played in terms of the turnaround for the sides the previous weekend? Well, I'm just happy we get a full turnaround for once. The Thursday game benefited us this time around because we're the yeah, early game. Definitely. It benefits the Broncos. But it could have been better. It benefited the Roosters and Souths because they get at least a week's turnaround. But like for someone like, well, I know the Sharks have gone, what are they going? Yeah, they're going to Sunday, Sunday to Sunday. They get a week. Um, Cowboys, Sunday to, uh, Saturday to Saturday, which yeah, is a week. everyone's fine. Yes. Yeah, so. But we, yeah, I just, we've played three I in ten days. should be a bigger advantage in... Um, being in the top, but the hard thing about that is if you put them one like in those games, they got to play the week after, probably on a shorter turnaround. If you're playing late anyway, so there's no real way to nail it. But around finals time, it is a lot more consistent. So I can see it from Melbourne's point of view, more in particular from that three games, and I can see it if Brisbane and the Cowboys didn't want to either. 
just to send someone for a couple of photos in the morning. I know it's the final series, but um, you know the Sydney teams can all just roll up. To say send us one of your best players, uh, they they do need to do the right thing by the game, but it's a hard circumstance to just to go all that way for a couple of photos and a quick gin wag. They should be able yeah, to send. The they should be able to send some Mick or some mid-range guy like Melbourne. Yeah, did. but Mick isn't going to sell papers and isn't going to create interest. Well, I didn't even see it in the papers anyway, so that's coming yeah, from. You can't me. read, so I can read. Beautiful. I read very, very well. But uh, Paul he can't even read. Paul Argerios, uh, do you think spent ten k wisely? I don't know who he's talking about because he's left it out. I think he might mean the dogs. Do you think spent 10k wisely last week and, as always, benefits from dumbass refs as a result of his constant whinging? That's definitely about Des Hasler. That's got to be. Yeah, no. It was, he, got <laughs> 20, he got fined 20. Not yeah, because there was a suspended um, 10,000 from early. I honestly had a bit of a laugh about the Todd Greenman thing. I thought it was kind of funny. I didn't think it was that bad. No. I, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't get the bike. But, yeah. I don't know. Everyone says he's a genius, but whenever I see him talking and, you know, I look at that <laughs> and go, well, that's not, that's not very smart. No, you it's know? not. Oh, $20,000. $20, you can't tell me Raylene Castle and the Bulldogs are happy about having to fork out $20,000. Mate, he's sitting there right now going hundreds, hundreds, just chucking hundreds in his office, spinning around his chair. Yeah, but please, like... Yeah, it was silly. I get it. But honestly... You, that... know, you, know, you know you're not allowed to talk about the rest, so what did he do? Go and talk about the rest. Oh, he cracked a joke about Todd Contra Greenberg and sending him a something, no breach notice. A, yeah, and a bit of a laugh. And I thought, you know what, it's not like he's sitting there doing what he usually does. I kind of get a laugh. Some of the media got a laugh out of it, but he's still got pinned, so uh, there's no winners well, here. Well, they almost got beat by Newcastle, so but that's probably, that was probably his frustration. You've now one thing, Paul. they almost got beat by the Warriors, but, you know, they're going so great, the Bulldogs. You, you have now one thing, Paul Agirios, <laughs> and that is that he does whinge a lot, so... I agree with you there. Brad O'Kane, George Burr's drink model throw was stupid but harmless. I think he should get a fine and play this week. What do you think? What crazy conspiracy theory will the Cowboys use when they get knocked out this year? <laughs> well, we've already discussed the George Burgess thing. I don't, I don't mind the fine. I probably agree with that. I don't think he deserves a missing final. No, nah, neither do I, but it was dumb. Like, honestly, you launched a bottle no, from dumb. the bench when exactly. someone was coming off. The one, the one word here is dumb, and when you're yeah. dumb, you open yourself up to punishment. Yeah, and so if you cop something, it's his own fault. Cop what comes, yeah. Uh, look, Cowboys... Hey, they, don't, they can't well, have they one this year. in a seven-tackle set, which was a seven-tackle set, yeah. right? They then got done by a blatant knock-on with Kieran Foran. So those two... Fair enough. Last year wasn't there. Last year wasn't. The pass went forward. Yeah, hundred percent. So there's no whinge. And this year, I think it's simple. Started two out of three times. So they've got they've got every right to be filthy. But nah, uh, I think Paul Green's Paul Green's removed the excuses. They blew the only thing that bothers me. They blew their home final chance. I think they needed a home final. I still think they could beat the Broncos. It's worked out well because I don't have to travel. Yeah, they get they beat the Broncos to get a home final. And even if they lose this weekend, they get a home final. But um, in general. I think the biggest thing for them is Morgan. That's the only thing they've got. They need to get Morgan back. They get Morgan back and he's healthier at least. Um, I think they're in with a chance. That's the biggest thing for them, Brad. Um, Jay Lee Ismay. Jay Lee Ismay. To what extent does the National Rugby League cater for female involvement? In what regard? I don't know. That's just the question. So whether I don't know whether that means, uh, you know, just at the games or... Uh, well, I don't think they do with the games, to be honest. A referees, like there's a couple of female uh, touch officials and referees. Cole doesn't watch any any footy at all. She might even watch Parramatta. She's a Parramatta fan, so 
Uh, I don't know. I, you know, she she watches the footy show, so if that tells you anything, she watches the footy show, and that probably appeals more to females than what it does to males. Well, like I, I said, yeah, I, I found out there than what it is footy show. I I can't watch it. So I found out their target audience uh, yesterday for that reason to see if it would affect. Look, I think it needs to be more family friendly. I think if if you want to get the females involved. Um, you need to make it attractive for the kids to want to go there um, and as a family day out because uh, I think a day at the footy or a night at the footy is more seen as a blokey sort of thing to do it's not really a, a girly yeah. thing to do so I think the more that uh, they can promote it as sort of a family yeah, well. uh, sort of thing to do and also make it uh, financially viable, like for people to actually spend their money and go and do that. Well, financially uh, viable. I think behaviour grounds is an issue. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, the big reason a lot of females yeah. probably don't want to go is because most blokes are on the hill with their four trays swearing and carrying on. So, well, if, if, like, it, you obviously at the hill, we're talking about the hill at Penrith, but I don't reckon. Like, I see a lot of females on the hill at Penrith. Yeah, oh, I, I see I a couple. That, I don't think. I just think it's the drunken sort of behaviour or the footy. The footy sort of bravado. Um, I don't think people in general want to go and spend money to have beer spilled on them or hear foul language or whatever. And they, they especially don't want to take their kids to something like that. So. No. Well, for female involvement, obviously that, uh, you know, more the behaviour at grounds, more affordability. I think pre-game entertainment and other things for the kids and, and uh, the ladies as far as half-time pre-game. Yeah, well, you, you hear... Um, the first thing the call asked me, like I'll use it as a sort of a snap snap uh, or case study or whatever from my my environment, the first thing she'll ask me about grand final week or state of origin is, oh, here's a pre-game entertainer. Yeah, well, like I said, there's gonna, that's more... So straight away, like, if you get her then, like, if you get her watching that or half-time entertainment or whatever, she'll probably watch the game. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, like it's, it's the things around us. We go for the football, I don't care what else is on, basically, entertainment, none of that bothers me. I go to have a couple of beers, watch the footy, but... For kids, families, females, it's more the other bits surrounding it. Cost, viability, family-friendly activities, something for the kids, a bit of pre-game entertainment, all these other bits and pieces. And like I said, uh, to what extent she means catering for female involvement, if that means to come to the game, um, if it's involvement as far as refereeing, touch judges, coaching bits and pieces, uh, you know, all those bits, I think they're doing a lot better job with that. We've seen a lot more female touch officials. You've got Casey Badger. He's refereed some under twenties, and uh, but definitely as far as game day and bits around getting them to the game, they need to do more, hundred percent. Yeah. Justin Moran, hey boys, did Saints go do the wrong thing in releasing Brett Morris? I feel he closes out at least three games for us this year, and that has us in the top four. Salary cap excuse doesn't cut it for me. Mary has used six players on the wing: Farrell, Glyman. Uh, Green, Hunt, Matty Utea, and Nabuli. He still couldn't tell you who the best pick is. Keep up the good work. Well, they did stuff up, but they're financially buggered. Um, so even out here, so cap excuse doesn't cut it for you. Um, I don't know what they were paying him, but they had him, Nightingale. They they were definitely looking for some relief. The easy way out was him going there because it was a mutual release. So they offloaded the whole contract, which in the other situation with Nightingale, they definitely wouldn't have. Um, the Bulldogs. Well, he to go. Yeah, he did. He but the Bulldogs, like I said, it was a clean cut for both sides, and the Bulldogs had the money we were interested. So for all parties, it was the easiest way for them to offload basically a half million dollars um, and patch funny, up their squad. It's funny how you look at the Bulldogs roster and then look at the Dragons roster and go, hang on a minute, the, the Dragons had to release a play to the Bulldogs to get salary cap relief. 
Yeah. Well, they can't really afford... They can't afford their own salary cap to the full extent because they're, you know, financially struggling. But if you're at my sum of it all, I thought they stuffed up releasing him 100%. I would have released Nightingale before him. But at the same time, for as him being a winger, I don't think they stuffed up. They didn't play him as a fullback because they've got Dugan. So realistically, they looked at it and said, we don't want to pay half a million dollars or 400 for one winger and 500 for another. Um, he was the easiest one to offload. So did they stuff up? 100%. But they didn't have him in a position to really benefit. Like, closing out a game from the wings hard. Like, maybe from fullback, sure, but they've already got Dugan. If they wanted him to get more ball, they would have needed to play him as a centre or something else. But looking at from that perspective, I'm with you. I wish he did stay there his whole career, but it was mutually beneficial for everybody. And closing out games on the wing, uh, not so much. I, I don't think he would have been able to do as much from the wing as he does now from fullback. Yeah. Well, I don't think that's the reason why they're... Not in the top four, put it that way. No, nah, no, I. And like I said, from the wing, I don't see him closing out games. You need good football no. on the wing. Um, they haven't really gone to their edges, to be honest, because Benji Marshall's too busy turning under Tyson for his old 1,300 uh, times. So. But he wanted to go, so... Yeah, and it, like I said... Want, you don't want to keep players there that don't want to be. Cap-wise, the situation, Nightingale would have been harder to offload. There was a mutual release. It was all the money gone. Bulldogs picked him up, so... Um, I, I'd find it hard too if that happened to you know someone at Melbourne like a, a Billy Slater or someone if that was the case and that was what it's for but it benefited everybody I know you want him there I'd love him there but on the wing it's kind of wasted he, he's doing a better job at fullback and you already have Dugan so unless he was going to play in the centres or something um, it's a hard one to cop but Matt Bishop the Cowboys fifth option plays too predictable to worry many teams in the finals e.g. Thurston throwing a lot of short balls to Gavin Cooper so he's probably got the same concerns I do well, once Morgan's there, I said this like three weeks ago or whatever, and he got injured. Once Morgan's back there, and he was always going to be, it'll be yeah. Well, Thurston, Thurston got, seems uh, to Thurston do. There. They've got Morgan there. They've got Granville there. Please, they've got the, they've got two international front rowers there. Their back rowers are both very good line runners and underrated. They've got a great side. So yeah, they need to pick it up there. Once everyone's fifth, on deck, they'll be a very hard team. Fifth tackle options with all three is more balanced because what happens, you see Thurston will do a lot of the short kicking. He's really good with those little uh, dinking kicks and the grubbers. Morgan was doing a lot of the, the bombing or the long distance stuff when they got into good ball, like on the edge there of the 40 and stuff like that. And Coot was doing the long kicking because he does have a decent boot on him uh, for a small bloke. So when they've got all three, they've basically got a certain position in the field where they all have a job. So you'll see Thurston usually take the short controlling kicks Morgan's got the bomb from that attacking kick that's about on the 40 or the 30, and Cootie does a lot of long kicking. So I think it will get better once he's back. But number one, they need to stabilise their defence. Um, that's the big thing. They've been a bit weak over the past month, but if that gets better, they'll be well, contender. They've been pretty weak all year, I've got to be honest, because last yeah. year that's what they hung their hat on. Like this year they've been very good offensively, but I think they can really... But the starts, man. Hopefully their best month defensively is in the yeah. finals. And if it is, they'll, they'll find themselves in the grand final. And the starts. The starts have to change. You can't keep pegging teams back. It's not going to work. Well, that work. probably goes back to their defence. Like, you start... If you can start well by defending well, the rest of your game tends to feed off that. Yeah. So, but I can't say... They won't, they won't run down... They're not going to run down teams two or three weeks... They're not going to run down teams two or three weeks in a row in the final. It's not happening. It's too much to ask. Well, we don't know that, but like, nah, it's not a habit you want not to get yourself into. They've, they've trailed the last six games and won three of them, so straight away, you know, it tells you that, yeah, you're going to lose one of them. Yeah, so, so they're not, that's what I'm saying. You're not winning uh, a comp. And they, they weren't against 
uh, you know, no. top eight teams, or at least not all of them were, you know, like they, they were down 12 0 to the Titans. So. Yeah, exactly. And the Melbourne game, they didn't score into the 79th minute. 16 0 to the Warriors, so yeah. That, that's definitely a concern. Something they've got to fix, definitely. 100%. Simon Green, what's your 17-man underrated team of the year? Well, that's one of these ones, again, that's pretty hard to answer on the spot. Um, I can give you my team of the year probably off the top of my head. No, he doesn't want your team of the year, mate. Well, underrated, oh, bloody, that's too much to think about in one game. If you want Mitchell to... Robertson. Mitchell Robertson's my underrated player. I love Mitchell Robertson. No, I think Wade Graham, but he should, he should get back row of the year this year, surely. I don't think he's underrated, Wade Graham. I don't think he gets any credit. He's only started talking about it now. We've been beating on the drum for a couple of years. He's finally getting a rap. No, he, we both, we both like him. He should get back row of the year this year. Should have played Origin this year. He should get back row of the year this year. If he doesn't, uh, it'd have to be Gavin Cooper. But if it's not one of those two, which it probably won't be, because, you know, they don't play attractive football, I'll be filthy. It'll be San Friday, mate. No way. He doesn't deserve back row of the year. Uh, I can give you a quick team of the year. Underrated is a bit hard, but I... I'd what, go, won't be Gordon or Cordner? Won't be Cordner? No. Cordner bloody started the year slow, missed a bit of the middle. He's been good on the back run. Wade Graham's been good all year. Gavin Cooper. Gavin awesome. Cooper never gets any love. He's the other one. If you told me to pick a team of the year oh, right look, now. If, uh, I'd, be, I'd be very happy to play Graham. Get. I think he's been the best back row in the NRL, for sure. Team of the year, I'd have Sheck, Radrara, James Roberts, Will Chambers. Uh, Valentine Holmes would beat Rona out purely on the field goals and some of the freakish stuff he's done to win him games. Maloney at six. Milford would be very close, but I'd go Maloney. JT's the half. Honourable mention to Hunt. Front rowers would be Bromwich. And oh, I think the other one's a pretty hard one. You'd have Madalino, was pretty consistent. Rory Hargrove's caught fire. Yeah. Rory Hargrove. Yeah, but he caught sure. fire at the back end. But I could go a couple of those blokes. Nine would be Innes. Innes would be my number nine. The back rows would be Cooper and Graham, and the lock would be Parker. And a lot of people I saw the other day blowing up a few people named Parker. Watch a game of football. Corey Parker's a gun. Some people say Tamalolo. Tamalolo's lucky to play 40, 40 minutes. He was man of the series in Origin. Yeah, and Tamalolo pads his stats for 40 minutes, picking on little halfbacks. Play 80 minutes every week like the 34-year-old Parker does and offload four times, and they're all quality oh, offloads. The, the offload is understated. 100%. And they're all qu- the thing about it... There's an offload, and then there's a quality offload. Corey Parker's offloads are all quality. They all have positive meters on the back of them. They're not crap on the ground. They're on the money, uh, three or four in, people turned around, backing away from the line. So off the top of my head, that would be my team of the year. I think uh, Josh Hodgson has been underrated this year. Blake Green's been underrated this year. Number nine is a spot you could give Granville, Ennis, Hodgson. There's a lot of them, but um, Ennis has been the best nine this year. Well, he has been. I'm just. I'm, I think. I think back row and center. Back row and center. Uh, Chris Gresmill is underrated. Yes, yeah, center's the hard one because I saw a lot of people have different opinions. Uh, I think Roberts in the team he's in has been a game breaker, so he's an obvious one for me. And a lot of people ripped into a couple of blokes who put Chambers. I think Chambers has been pretty consistent, uh, especially Origin. Jennings has been okay, but he has too many on and off weeks. Walker didn't play enough football. Uh, you know, there's just, it's, it's pretty hard. Farai missed a lot of football. Jamie Lyon only bloody played for a couple of weeks decently. Like Roberts for me was a standout, and Will Chambers is probably the most consistent. So, if I was picking centres between them, back row, I saw people whinge about Cooper again. You obviously haven't watched much football if you don't think Gavin Cooper's a gun. Um, he's outstanding, and Wade Graham the same deal. Cordner was good. I thought Cartwright had a good year, but again, not consistent enough. There's a couple of blokes like that that just didn't play for the whole season. So. I'm going off what I've seen for 24 games, and 
Uh, I, I think that's a pretty good team of the year. Rona, again, I could switch that with Holmes, but Holmes kicked four or five field goals. That's ridiculous. I think that's a good team. Team. Two of us a check at the back. I know what. Team would not have got beaten by 50 in Origin. No, and I've got to throw this out there. You, people might not agree again. I know Thurston will win the Dalian, but I think, again, if you want to go over the course of the year, Roger Tuovasashek is the best player in the NRL. Good call. He's the best player. Week in, week out, consistency, he's the best player in the NRL. He won't win well, the Dalian. That means you're saying that he should win the Dalian. He should, but that's not how it works. Consistency-wise, you don't get those points. And Maloney and him would have taken points off each other. I did some the other day. I've got first and finishing on third. Well, you know what? Your argument would be put to the test then through the rugby yeah. league week because they do it based on, on points. points. Well, they always have front rowers yeah. up there, like Scott and Parker and those guys are always right up there, which I love because forwards deserve more reps so they don't get no, them. Oh, well, that's what I'm saying to you. So it'd be interesting to see how they land in that. But I, honestly, I've done my daily M. I think that Thurston, I had him finishing on 31. And I reckon Sheck will finish on 27 and I had Maloney on about 23. Um, but when it went secret in real life, I think Thurston was on 19. Well, there you go. There's your reason because look how many points Maloney's taken off Sheck. That's what I'm saying. So if they're not in the Melbourne situation, I think Sheck... Sheck crap because realistically, I mean, in the NFL, traditionally, the, the MVP comes from one of the teams that plays in the Super Bowl. Like, it should be that you... you the best player should come from one of the best teams. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah, I remember there was a year there where Danny Badiris won the Daly M, I think, and Newcastle finished last. Yeah. Or close to last, I think. Yeah, so, he would have cleaned up. He would have had no one to compete with. And the Melbourne boys have all won one each, but imagine if they were on different sides. They've been stealing from each other every year. Foran and Cherry Evans stole from each other last year. Uh, Thurston, like we said all along, no offence to him. He's had some good players there, but he's if they win, he's the reason, basically. So he always gets the three. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty simple. But, yeah, I think if Sheck was in another side, I think Sheck wins it hands down. If he's in the Warriors this year and playing the way he does and they have, like, you know, 12 and 12 season, I think he wins it. Same as yeah, Austin. Like, Austin polled early, but um, later in the year, like being in a losing side and things like that, same as Woods. Woods pulled well, uh, polled well early, but you're not going to get points when you're in a losing team. So that's the other side of it, which is why we ran our own one. But... I had Sheck right up there, um, but there wasn't a lot. Tedesco was pretty high up. There was a few guys like that that stood out individually from those poor teams just from doing a 3-2-1 off the football, not just because their team won. Um, but, yeah, Simon Green, that's a good question, champion. Um, there's plenty of underrated players, though, like we said. Hodgson, Greenfield, I think Soliola had an underrated year. There was a lot of guys at different clubs. Manu Ma'u, underrated at Parramatta for his contributions. Peets, despite the time. Um, you know, he was on and off the field. I think Corbin Sims was very, very good this year. He, he's understated. Uh, Glenn up at the Broncos, understated. Uh, there's, there's a, you can basically look at every club and find somebody um, that didn't get the raps they deserved. So, um, sorry I couldn't give you a, a whole team, but that was my team of the year. Daniel Hollands. With the former Souths and Saints, it seems to be a race between the top six of the title. Who is each team's best and worst matchup out of those six? That's a good question. That is a good question. Well, I think... Um, well, Roosters. What? So we're not allowed to. We're not allowed to say. We're not allowed to say South and Dragons. They're right? they're out. So each team's best matchup and worst matchup. So Melbourne, uh, best matchup. I think us again. I'd probably take the. Do- I'd almost knock the dogs and the sharks out of it and just go with the top four sides. If you're going to go the top four sides, Melbourne, 
would have a lot better chance, I reckon, of beating the Broncos or the Cowboys, particularly, uh, I reckon, the Broncos. I reckon we can beat the Broncos. We've won like 18 of our last 20. And our worst... Well, they've, beaten the Bron- they've beaten the Broncos and the Cowboys the last two weeks. And I think our worst matchup would be the Roosters, even though we play them this week. I think if you play all those teams 10 times, Melbourne, I think we win the least amount of games against the Roosters. Yeah. Um, the Broncos, I think their best matchup is, well, out of those teams, probably the Cowboys. I think the Roosters can overrun them. I think Melbourne can strangle them. I think them and the Cowboys has got a bit of feeling. Uh, vice versa for the Cowboys, I think that's their best matchup. The Roosters is, is the hard one. I, I think Melbourne's probably got the style of football that can trouble them, but at the same time, um, if they break out, get quick play balls and bash Melbourne, uh, you know they could they could run right on a side like Melbourne if they get it their own way. They're, they're the real standout, obviously, just from their side on paper and the brand of football they play. But um, yeah, that would be those four. The Dogs, their best matchup, anyone they can pick on size wise. So the Broncos is probably their best one. They showed that the other week. They struggled, but I think they won the middle. Uh, their worst matchups, the Roosters. I reckon the Roosters could tear them up. Yeah. And the Sharks. The Sharks have got the wood on the Roosters, but I don't think any of the other ones are real positive. Melbourne showed you can strangle them. I think all the other sides beat the Sharks. Um, so the only team that I'd give them the rap on is the Roosters. They're probably their kryptonite. They've beaten them the last four times, regardless of circumstance. Um, yeah. But yeah, their worst matchup, I think most of them. I think most of those seeds would dust the Sharks just because they don't have the Dogs have got a bit of a, a mocker on the Roosters. Uh, not the Roosters, on the Storm. Yeah, 100%. They always seem to bash us in the middle when we play them. Yeah, that's a good question. But yeah, I hope those little run-throughs uh, aren't too bad. That basically looks like Facebook is done. Twitter, I didn't think got any love this week. I've just got to quickly refresh that. Uh, no, nothing doing on Twitter. So... That's everything, champ. We've reviewed the final full round of games. We've given you the fast five. We've done the fan forum. We had a quick look at the finals and got Brock's predictions, but it's time for him to sign off. Next up, I will have Mr. Gossett. We'll get the tips. Uh, it's very, very close now. He jagged two back last week, and I'll give you all the odds for these finals matches thanks to WilliamHill.com. If you're going to bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure it's with William Hill. Now, it's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. And the suffering is over. The Panther season is done. They avoided the spoon, so Gossip has something to smile about. Uh, Champion, you got rid of the spoon and you finished ahead of Para. So that's probably the the two things to tick for all Panther fans out there. Absolutely. If... um... Yeah, the best, the best thing for Panthers fans is to hit, uh, finish ahead of your rival, that's Paramount. But, yeah, finished 11th at the end of the season, so that's probably not, not too bad. So, um, But, uh, yeah, it's a season that I think we put behind us, to be honest. Yeah, that's the one. Well, it's all right. I'll, I'm expecting you and Brock to jump on the Storm bandwagon now. Get behind me. Let's go. We're riding, <laughs> riding through to the finish line. I need all the help I can get. We've got no supporters, it is. So, get on board. Well, I reckon if you- if you win this first week, I think you're, you're a good chance. But um, I think this first game will be be crucial. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty massive. I had a theory, and my Brock disagreed, but I honestly thought finishing fifth, playing the Dragons, um, then I thought we would have got the Sharks and moved on the opposite side of the draw. I really thought we would have had a real good chance. But uh, this way, we're going to play the Roosters, and if we lose, we play the Dogs, who have had the wood on us, um, particularly the last couple of years. So I'm praying for a, a win this Friday. I think... Out of 10 games, if we played 10 times, I think Melbourne win maybe two or three times. So 
Yeah, it's going to be hard, but I think Bellamy this year won't want to fall over like we have the previous two, so I've got my fingers crossed. There's no doubt about it. And as the cliche says, rugby league starts all over again. It's a whole new competition now in the finals. So forget what's happened beforehand. It starts again now, so... That's it, mate. 100% correct. Uh, much cooking? I'm guessing probably not at this time of the year. Or... Yeah, there's not, not a hell of a lot, but we've got a few things to talk about. I guess the big thing today, and um, I don't think it's a publicity stunt, but the, the Panthers have signed an AFL absolute nobody. He's also a former high jumper, apparently, and that's Josh Hall from the Gold Coast Suns. It can't be a publicity deal because no one's ever heard of the clown. So yeah. um, I, I don't quite understand where Panthers are coming from from this one. Maybe... Maybe Gus or Ivan see something in this kid, but um, it's definitely a strange one. Mate, I'm with you 100%. Uh, I looked him up and thought the same thing. Yeah, has he got any? I know he doesn't have any profile, but a bit of background. And um, this experiment kind of happened with Canberra. They had a young bloke named Brad Smith playing the under 20s on the wing, and when he got into space, he could move a little bit. When he jumped for the ball, to be honest, he wasn't overly that impressive. He wasn't a big bloke anyway. Um, I think that may be the downfall. This bloke looks a little bit bigger. Uh, what position? Probably a winger or something like that, I'm guessing. But again, they're just rich in, in backline talent, especially the juniors. So this almost seems like a gimmick. He'll probably be like Nabuli, um, maybe play a bit of cup at best or something around that level and see how he goes. But, yeah, it's definitely not a publicity stunt. You, you need to get someone high profile for that. So um, yeah. there must be something there that they like or there, there's a certain driver or desire from his end that they oblige with, uh, I guess. Yeah, it sort of sprung on me too. I, I tried to find out today how much money he'd be getting, but I, I was unable to do that. But you wouldn't think it'd be too much money. And if it was a publicity stunt, you think Penrith would be better off signing someone from the GWS or Sydney, not from the Gold Coast. But um, I guess, look, it's something we can keep an eye on next year and see how Josh is going. But, um, yeah, as, as we said, a, a very strange one. Yeah, no, I was a bit taken aback, but, yeah. See what happens. Probably, like I said, cup or maybe even lower. I, I don't know how old he was. I didn't look, but... Um, yeah, probably Cup or Massey, those kind of things. They'll get a gauge pretty early anyway, whether he's able to make the transition, especially the physical side of things. Yeah, that's true. All right, making a lot of tweets and emails from South fans about Sam Burgess and is Sam coming back? Um, obviously, looking at uh, the bunnies, that they, they definitely miss him. Um, but look, but my money is that um, the Southwood boss, Marwan, lots of cash, as I like to call him. Um, he, he's very confident that Sam Burgess will be his, his big ticket, his, his big signing. So, um, obviously, devastating for the Rabbitohs fans. But, um, yeah, look, it would uh, be good to see Sam Burgess back in, in, in rugby league anyway, um, especially when we were the Tri Nations. Mate, I look at them, uh, and I've said it before, he's supposedly got this money, and Sheen's, he, he has to have some money, because Sheen's went there, he wouldn't be there for no money, but like Politua suing him, a couple of blokes wanted to leave, he apparently didn't pay Underarm, the jersey sponsor, the ground, like I, I'm I'm a bit just confused at times, like he's a billionaire, but there's these other debts or these other outstanding payments, so um, I think Sam Burgess is a little bit too smart regardless of the money to waste his talent playing for Salford, he loves Australia, for anyone out there, this is just my opinion. If I'm him and this is all done and dusted and I collect my payday and I don't like Union, I'm coming back to the NRL, even if it may not be for the rest of his career, maybe for another uh, two or four years stint and then finish off in the Super League. Um, and if he was going to do that, I'm sure he'd probably like Bradford to get back up, which is his junior club there in the, the fight to come back up in promotion now. But Leeds or someone like that, surely, not Salford. Salford's a basket case. 
Yeah, well, that's true, but we'll we'll keep an eye on that one, mate. But uh, moving over to, to Robbie Farrow and that, uh, that massive debacle that's going on in the West <laughs> Tigers at the moment, it's a um, very, very strange one. But uh, I'm told that Robbie Farrow is telling uh, close friends and family that he is extremely confident of staying at the West Tigers and that Jason Taylor will be outed. Um, <laughs> if that doesn't happen, he's quite happy to go to Newcastle. So... Um, interesting one there for Robbie. I can't really see him at the Knights, but um, you and I, I know this year we've been talking about how Newcastle really are desperate for a nine, so uh, you can't blame Newcastle for trying, but it, it'd be very strange, I guess, to see Robbie Farrow in anything other than a West Tigers jersey. 100%. And Brock touched on a point. Uh, I kind of take it on board, but I, I don't know. He was saying, if you're Nathan Brown, you want to establish yourself, do you want somebody who's had so much trouble? Um, or so much control at another club. And I said, I get where you're coming from, but he's been there for, you know, God knows how many years. Coming to Newcastle, he's only got a couple of years left. I doubt he'd be that divisive or, you know, try to separate the group or act like he owns the joint. Um, there's a few more older heads there too. Like, he's going to be there with Hodkinson, uh, Mullen, they, these kind of guys. So there's, I think there's more than enough up there, along with Brown, who wouldn't be stupid enough to, uh, you know, let somebody who's coming in for a year or two override things. So... Um, I, you know, Clydesdale, to me, he's, he's not the answer. Randall's solid, but he's more of a utility. I'd be probably happy to take Farrah if I was Newcastle for, you know, the lowest amount I could get. If it could, 100, 200, if I could push that, play him for 60, and then I'd run Levi, the young uh, lightning bolt, off the bench for 20 minutes. Yeah. But I guess, look, if you're, if you're West Tigers fans, and we, and we do get plenty of tweets and, and whatnot, but um, that are worried about Robbie, but... Um the news is that he's, he's pretty confident yeah. that um, Taylor's gone and, and he's staying. He's uh, pretty confident that he could make his coaching Carl strike rate three from three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's a good point that you raise. But uh, I think if, if Robbie did go to Newcastle, he would be the new boy. So, yeah, that's um, it. He, yeah, he would kind of have to, to bow to anything that Nathan Brown says. He wouldn't, yeah, he wouldn't be um, kingpin, I guess. Yeah, and then even like uh, just the general furniture of the place, they're already a group. It's very hard to go into a club and be like he is at the Tigers. He's been there for so long, so uh, I, w- I wouldn't take that as too much of an issue. And I'm sure Brown's done a really good job over in Super League. I know it's not the NRL, but when you take Huddersfield from a spooner uh, to a top four contender and then win with St. Helens, I didn't even think they had the best squad, to be honest. Um, yeah. So I-, I think he's done a- an exceptional job. He's a smart bloke. I'm sure he'd, he'd be considering all these things. Yeah, it'll be interesting though with a lot of the, the West Tigers young guys. I'm sure some of them at least may have signed on with the Tigers, thinking that Robbie Farrell will, will be there if he does go. It'll be interesting to see if um, they sort of follow as well. But um, yeah, it's a good point. It'll, yeah, it'll be something that we'll watch uh, next year. But uh, moving on to the Dragons, mate. They've signed um, an Island international, Tyron McCarthy. I don't know a lot about him, but they've, they've signed him for two years. The lock forward, apparently. Um, you might know a little bit more about him than I do, but um, it's uh, unknown as far as I'm concerned. I watched him play last year. He came out here and played for the Northern Pride, who beat Penrith in that um, Queensland Cup versus New South Wales Cup game. He was actually pretty good um, in that game, but again, that's New South Wales Cup, Q Cup. Um, but if you're at the top of that, you could generally probably get a run in the NRL at the Dragons. I'm not surprised. Again, salary cap, uh, you know, dollar dazzler deals going on around that joint. So... Um, could they squeeze some value out of him? I'm not too sure. You've you've already got Frizzell and Thompson basically locked in as your back rowers. Um, so, yeah, I think he might find himself a little hard-pressed. But from what I saw last year, uh, can run a decent line, does have an offload. So, 
he might fight for a bench spot, not too sure. Yeah. All right, mate, moving on to the last one of the night, and one that I've sort of got, uh, I'm scratching my head a little bit, and that's the Warriors. They're, they're quite confident that they'll be signing Matt Duffy from the Storm, but, I mean, look at the Warriors juniors. They've got plenty of outside backs. I don't know why they need to be signing um, Duffy from the Storm. Look, Duffy's a good player, but, um, yeah, geez, you'd, you'd think they'd be bringing their own through, wouldn't you? I've said this a hundred times. You've agreed with me. There's something like Matt Allwood last year. I know McFadden was from Canberra, but three years for Allwood when you've got Qatar, and I know they're having troubles with Harrell, but they had Lamarpe at the time, Fisiahi, um, David Fusitua, the big winger. You've got Manu still there. It's just, it doesn't make sense. They're, they just, they buy in excess in spots they don't need. Um, they confuse me. Oh, they really do confuse me. Um, if there's anything they could probably do with it, it's probably another back row. I love Ryan Hoffman, and I'm Melbourne to the bone. But honestly, he started the year off on fire, but his age showed at the back end of the year. He's he's lost a step or two. He won't be an origin ne- you know, next year. I think, if anything, they should be more worried about their forward stocks and um, but yeah, outside backs, everything. They've got an abundance of juniors. They shouldn't be going around signing mid-tier guys or blokes like Duffy who've had a squirrely in injuries. That's the last thing they need to put on their roster. Yeah, it might be an indication of where they're at at the ladder and why they haven't won a comp. It's um, very strange. Yeah, it's just pointless buying. Of a, I know they said they want to bring quality Kiwis home. That's all well and good, but you've got excessive back uh, backline stock as it is, especially with your own kids. So uh, unless it was an absolute cutthroat rate, I couldn't understand why. No, they, they should have thrown the book at Mower. Yeah, oh. him over. That would have been a better signing than, than what they've been doing, and, then, and they would have had the cash too to get Mower. Especially with Tomkins leaving, but they, from what I know, they didn't even make an offer, which is yeah, it's crazy. And they could have done with that, to be honest. Uh, you know, they've got Vete and Lasono, but they definitely need one more in that rotation to help out Madalino because he carries the burden. Um, I know Lilliman plays Origin, but I'm not a really big fan of Lilliman, to be honest. I think he's pretty Barry Basics. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, champion. That wraps up that. Yeah. Last week, you bastard. The two tips we did different both went to Golden Point and I lost both of them. So, <laughs> the gods are smiling yeah, on you. Yeah, close it is, though, isn't it? Oh, it's filthy. I'm sitting there going, two Golden Point games. I got screwed with a penalty goal. And then the other one, Cameron knocked that off the kickoff and then he bloody scored. I thought, this, this is a joke. <laughs> I'm going to get screwed out again. But um, we've got the games just repeating those times here, everyone. Friday night, Rooster Storm, that's 7.55 on TV. Uh, Saturday, Dogs-Dragons is at 5.50. It'll probably be 6 o'clock or later because they fart ass around. Um, the Broncos-Cowboys is basically 8 o'clock Saturday night and Sunday is 4 o'clock or 10 past 4, which is a really stupid time again. It'll probably be 4.15 or 4.30 um, for the Sharks and the Bunnies. But game number one, Friday night, 1v4. It is the Roosters versus the Storm. Um, in my opinion, I said before we come on here, Melbourne are either going to drag this into an ugly dog uh, fight and try to strangle them or the Roosters will blow them away. I think if they're going to lose a game, the Roosters, and, and it's probably not a bad time to, because I think winning 15 in a row is near impossible, but I think they can do it. It would be this one. I want to back Melbourne, but I can't. I, I'm going to go the Roosters. Yeah, look, it's a, it's a tough one. I spoke to a lot of Roosters fans today on, on social media, and they're very concerned about this game. It's a, Storm's a team, I guess, that every... Every side, uh, if you're a fan of it, is wary of. Um, they're clinical, Melbourne. If they get off to a good start, they could grind out a win. But um, look, the Chooks, you've got to back them on, on, on previous form. But 
as I said uh, earlier in the podcast, that um, the old cliche says that once it hits semi-finals, yeah. everything starts over again. So, so forget about the form guide. So, um, I'm going to go to Ruffy. I'm going to go Melbourne. But you know what it is? It's just Melbourne is synonymous with the finals, regardless of how they're travelling. You hear Melbourne on any given week with Bellamy and these players that have been there, and even Munster filling in the way he has. You never ever come into a week and look at Melbourne bar the Origin period and say we're going to win. We're going to win this game. It's almost impossible. Um, they're just so consistent. But uh, the bookies, the Roosters, are heavy favourites. They're a dollar forty. The Melbourne Storm are three oh five. Uh, I really like that. I'll probably have a slice. Uh, if not, I'll take the start. And the start is seven and a half for Melbourne at a dollar ninety one. I like the Storm one to twelve if we're going to win four dollars forty. If you think the Roosters can blow them away, thirteen plus two forty five. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm, fi- I'm praying for Melbourne, but I just can't get off the Roosters. They've been too good, and I think it comes down to the two forward packs. But game number two, the Dogs versus Dragons. Loser goes home, five versus eight. I don't need to say any more. Widot probably won't play. Even if he does, he's going to be needled. Thompson's had injury problems. They've got concerns. They're playing busted. Uh, I reckon the Dogs will run over the Dragons. Yeah, I think Newcastle could beat the Dragons this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't tip the Dragons, uh, not at all. But it looked good season for the Dragons. I, I didn't think they'd finish um, in the top eight. In fact, I think I might have even predicted them for the Spoon. So, um, been a good year for the Dragons. So, um, Dragons fans can hold their head high and let's just hope that it's not a, a whitewash. But I, I, I tend to take the 13 plus for the Bulldogs. Yeah, well, they're heavy favourites. The Dogs are $1.25, $4 about the Dragons with William Hill. Uh, the line is minus 10 and a half. That's a pretty hefty line. Uh, if you like the 13-plus on the Dogs Gossip, you get $2.10. If you think the Dragons can grind out a 1-12, to 12, you get 5 bucks. Um, the other Saturday night game, this will be a blockbuster. I'm really looking forward to this one. It's the Broncos versus the Cowboys, 2v3. I'm going to go the Cowboys. Um, they just tend to have the wood on the Broncos. I don't know about Morgan. He has been named and he's back. But over the last couple of years, whenever it's kind of come to this game, they've just grown another leg, the Cowboys. And I think this is perfect after the little stutter. Um, they built a little bit of confidence back up last week. But I think we both said this. This is not really an advantage to the Broncos to have them up there playing them. Um, it's basically a home game for them anyway. So I look at both of them. I know the Broncos have probably showed the better form, but I like the Cowboys team better, especially the Fords. I think they can do a number there. But if Morgan's back, um, takes some light off first, and so I'm going to back the Cowboys to upset them. Yeah, I'm going with the Cowboys as well. And as you said, I, I, I reckon when the Cowboys found out they are playing Brisbane, they would have been going yippity doo dah because, um, as you said, um, it'd be a lot worse playing someone in Sydney for the Cowboys anyway. So, yeah. um, look, it's, it's, it's do or die for the Cowboys this year, I, I think. I mean, if they're going to win a comp, it's got to be this year. Um, yeah. In, injury toll's not too bad. They get, they get a few players back. So, um, they've got to do it, the Cowboys, but we know what their finals record's like. It's not it's not too great. So, let's just hope it doesn't come down to a 79th minute decision. Oh, mate, you don't know my controversy. And on top of that, like you said, it could be worse. They could be coming to Allianz like we are to play the Roosters. This way, they are going to get a home game, basically. And if they win, they're going to get a week off and another home game. Um, If not, at least if they lose, they'll get a home game next week. But they won't for the final four games. So I'm with you. This this is last chance saloon. They're going to keep the bulk of their side. But Thurston can't keep backing up uh, the way he has from Origin and, and they're told... Even this year, some of the shots he's taken, he's, he's got to slow down. So, um, yeah, I, I've got to go the Cowboys in this one. With William Hill, they are outsiders at $2.40. 
The Broncos, $1.60 favorites. Minus four is the line. I like the Cowboys, one to 12 at $3.60. If you like the Broncos that way, three bucks. Uh, that should be a cracker game. And Sunday, the Sharkies versus the Bunnies. The Toothless Sharks got absolutely nothing as far as their halves are concerned. Um, they had enough ball to win four games last week. But the Bunnies, they just look soulless. They look like they're done. There's, there's more going on there than just um, what we're seeing on the field. Will Burgess beat his charge? I think two weeks was stupid, but what he did was just stupid as well. So um, he, he's left himself at the mercy of the judiciary now, which is unfortunate. GI won't be healthy. Um, it's too short of a turnaround. I've had my knees done. I don't care if it's a clean out. That takes at least a month. No Luke. Um, I have to back the Sharks. The, and I, the thing about it is I think the, the Rabbitohs could stay in this one, even as bad as they play, just because the Sharks can't score points. But... Um, you have to go to the Sharks, especially in the Fords. If this come down to Fords, I think they'll make it ugly and uh, grind the Rabbitohs out. Yeah, real tough one to pick. Um, I think the Sharks, they'll be hurting after that loss on Sunday. Um, the game really they should have won. Um, but yeah, the Bunnies have just got no form, have they? But English, English back is, a, is, is huge for them. He won't be 100%, as you say. So I'm going to go, it's going to be a close one, I think. Um, but I think the Sharks will will just get them, but I, I say that with zero confidence. Um, it's a real coin flip of this one for me. Yeah, this one's a bit the same. I, I think this one's as hard to pick. I, I'd love to just say the Sharks, but with all the footy they had last week, um, it'll keep the Bunnies in the game if they can't bank any points, but they are favourites. They're $1.80, the Cronulla Sharks with William Hill. Uh, the Bunnies are two oh five minus one and a half is a line, so not much give. As far as that concerned, I'd go 1-12 to either way. If you want the Sharks, you get three oh five. If you want the Bunnies... You get three twenty-five, but there it is, champion. Uh, we've tipped the same by the Storm and Roosters game. Every time I tip against the Storm, they usually win. So this is probably a good sign. Um, good on you, <laughs> and God bless. <laughs> I'm, oh, I, I don't know what to say. This is one of the first years. Usually, I'm always confident, quietly confident. But the last years have deadened my confidence. We're a different side. I'm not too sure what to think. I, I, I really am not. But I'm basically praying to every single god that exists that we somehow jag a win this week. It's, it's interesting, though, when you speak to the fans um, and get their thoughts on how their team's going to go. Um, and as I said earlier, the Roosters fans, I know plenty of them are, are very nervous, which um, I don't know, it's interesting to me anyway, because usually the fans know better than anyone. You, you can sense when your team's up for a, for a budget, you know? Yeah, mate, and I'm with you. And I think Brock basically put it the same way. I was thinking 12 in a row, 15 in a row to win the comp is a massive effort. If they're going to lose one, this is probably it. Uh, they did it last year against the Penrith, so... I hope they're a little bit generous and Melbourne has one of their best games of the year. I'm really hoping. Um, going to Melbourne, Final Four at home would be massive for us. Yeah, that'll be interesting. As it's a bit of a cliche once again, but I think the first 10-15 uh, minutes will say everything. If, if it's close, I think the Storm will hang with them, but the Roosters can, can jump out. I can't see the Storm running yeah. them back. So we struggle to score. We struggle to score two or three tries every week, so I'm with you there. If we keep it close, uh, it might be a chance, but if the Roosters jump out, it's going to be hard, that's for sure. Yeah, 10-6, 8-6 score on half-time is, is, is perfect for Melbourne. And I mean, we've seen from the Roosters this year too, they've, they've fallen asleep towards the back end of games at times, uh, almost being mowed down a few times. So, um, yeah, um, good luck, mate, and um, enjoy. <laughs> Mate, I'm going to try to. Me and Brock are heading there on Friday, Allianz Stadium. Everybody out there, uh, whether your team's in the finals or not, make sure you get out to these games if you have an opportunity. The football season is drawing to a close. The final series is here, week one. Who's going to win? We don't know. 
Uh, those odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. It's your call. Get the app on your phone or head on to the website. Gossip, champion, thanks a million, mate. Get your storm gear out. Uh, make him your second <laughs> second team this week. Get some voodoo dolls of some Roosters players and start pricking them immediately. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I hope Melbourne win. <laughs> yeah, me too. Get to the storm. Good luck, champ. Thanks, champ. Have a good one. A big thanks, as always, goes to Mr. Gossip. If you want to catch up with him, go to his page, NRL Gossip, on Facebook. Go up to the search bar, type that in, or he's also got links on our page. And his handle at Twitter is at NRL Gossip. And a massive thanks to WilliamHill.com for the odds for our tips. Uh, If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill and keep your eyes peeled for our pick-the-score competitions over these finals games for your chance to win a $100 free bet. From William Hill, uh, the charity account last week didn't get a bet on, unfortunately, but I think we're up over the $2,000 mark, so that'll be very, very good for this year's chosen charity, which is the Guide Dog Association. So thank you to William Hill for being on board and our other sponsor who give you a bit of help on the punt, the NRL Profits. Thanks for them this year. Um, so if you're tired of constantly losing money to the bookies, it's time you join the NRL Profits. Over 70 units of profit in season 2014, this service includes quality betting recommendations for the NRL and the Super League, so you get the best of both worlds there. The NRL Profits has a special offer to all our listeners. It's a 10% discount off the Access All Profits packages, so visit nrlprofits.com forward slash fifth and last to take advantage and profit with the profits. But that's everything. Thank you, NRL Profits. Thank you, WilliamHill.com. Thank you to NRL Gossip. Um, you got your reviews of the final regular round of the season. We did our fan forum with Brock. We went through the finals games with Boxhead, what we think and what will happen. Gossip, tips, odds. It's all done and dusted. It's week one of the finals. It's here. The season is drawing to a close. Who will be crowned the NRL winner in 2015? We will know in a few short weeks. Enjoy the finals this weekend. Enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.